We're live. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the final Back to the Future in review. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Kind of funny is reviewing and ranking every movie in the Back to the Future franchise. I'm Tim Gettys, joined by the beautiful baby boy, Andy Cortez. They only made three of these guys? Isn't that a bummer? This ah, is it. Yeah, Andy, don't worry about it because they made five Transformer movies. Oh, great. Great. <laughs> six with Bumblebee. So, you know, great. let's go. We got Greg Miller with the hair. I'm loving the swoopy doo. Thank you very much. Uh, remember, they did do the Telltale video game. We could review that. It's five episodes, it's two hours of piece. Pretty much the same thing. It's a lot of fun. So, eight more movies. Or like eight in five. total. Oh, like yeah, five, eight in total. Yeah. <laughs> we got the mad dog, Kevin Koala. Oh, 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 oh. oh. Of course, Nick Scarpino. Oh, Hello, shit. everyone. Welcome back. How you doing, Nick? Good. Uh, do we think that Kevin wasn't, the audience couldn't hear him when he went, oh, wow, 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 wow. Is that what you're saying? Like, God damn it, too, Kevin? No. 50, 50 chance. Okay. No, 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 no. It's, I'm, Andy zoomed into his camera and ruined my shot. God zoom, damn it. zoom, oh, yeah. zoom. So no, yeah. commercial for a car. <laughs> That was a commercial. Thank you. Greg. That, that didn't deserve that. Baby, <laughs> yeah, I hear the blues. Like, call in. <laughs> Let's fucking oh, go. No, we're doing crazy. Cheers. No, we're not. Because this is high in review each and every week. We review two different movie franchises on Tuesdays and Fridays. Uh, you can watch it live on twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames. Or you can watch it later on youtube.com slash kindoffunny, roosterteeth.com. Or you can search your favorite podcast service to listen to it as a podcast. It's fantastic. We'd love giving you options, including getting the show ad-free by going to patreon.com slash kind of funny, just like Mohammed Mohammed, Justin Toft, Das Bear Jew, and Black Jack did our beautiful Patreon producers. Um, today, Thank you for the support. About- I love you and your support. Thank you very much. Nick, Thank tell you. Him you love him. Daddy, support is him. so Thank great. You. It's so great. Thank you. Back to the Future Part Three. Whoa, Andy just did drugs on camera, guys. That's got to be against the terms of Jesus. Dude, <laughs> it's 421, Andy. Wait. Um, like all right, so here's the deal, guys. You know how movies normally have their uh, little fun working titles? Yeah. Any guesses of what the working title for this one was? Wild Wild West. Clint just the number three. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Keep it simple. They were just like, we just need to get this one done. That's what yeah. we do. We just need to finish strong and Let's get this one done. Let's land this plane and get our checks. Um, released on May 25th, 1990. Um, one day before Kevin Coelho was born. Whoa. <gasps> it's true. Yeah. It's true. One whole day. The harbinger um, of things to Kevin, come. did you go see it right away? <laughs> uh, no. Oh, man. I waited many years. But then I watched all of them at once, so that was pretty cool. I think. Tim, does that sound right? Wait, you watched them yeah. all at once? You had three different TVs playing the movies simultaneously? You know what it's, I mean? It's, you know what I mean? Fucking idiot. <laughs> it's funny, fun, though. Like, I the think, fun like, fact I think about, about that, that, though, is if you start this movie after the lightning rod is hit on the 1955 clock tower, at the end of the second movie, as Doc then reconnects the wires, it will play seamlessly from the second to the start of this movie. Wow. That's cool. Easter That's eggs. Really cool. mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What were you going to say, Nick? I was going to say, like, I just, you know, it's it's one of those things where I, I, I envy future generations for being able to sit down and watch one, two, and three back to back. Because I think mm-hmm. that would be a really, really, really fun way to spend, like, six hours. Legit, Similar to, like, people what who, did. what's that? That's what me and Kev did. That's oh, cute. back in the day? That's amazing. Like, I, what I, I'd like I, to see. I, that's what I, 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 like, just said. I want to see them all stitched together in one big Sorry, movie. Kevin, I didn't hear that. It's okay. Oh, Greg made fun of me a bunch about it. 
Which part I, I was I was making a cool statement, but I can double back to making. Yeah, one you want to see them all stitched together? Great, that's It'd be cool, right? Because awesome. you figure yeah, all the, end the cliffhangers, you put them all together in one big movie. Now, what am I gonna make fun of you for, Caterpillar Man? <laughs> <laughs> Why am I Caterpillar? Because <laughs> I was thinking about the movies getting stitched together. Oh, like human Caterpillar. caterpillar. <laughs> I see what you're doing. Human centipede. Even human. though, even though caterpillars don't Millipede. do stitching, what <laughs> Andy? What I was thinking is, no, uh, you tape the film together, and there'd be colored tape there, much like our favorite caterpillar, that red and black one. <laughs> May twenty fifth, nineteen ninety, when part three came out. Uh, six months after November twenty second, nineteen eighty nine, when part two came out. Um, once again, directed by Robert Zemeckis, a budget of forty million dollars, equal to uh, part two. Um, a box office of $246.1 million, making it the sixth highest grossing movie of 1990. Nick, can you name the five above it? Of 1990? Of 1990. Shit. No. Number five. Maybe like Hunt for October was in there somewhere? Or no. no. Was it 89? Number five, Total Recall. Oh, fuck. Oh. I didn't realize that was a 90s movie. Cool movie. Number four, yeah. Dances with Wolves. Great. Oscar winning movie, right? Yeah. Best picture yep. that year. Number three, Pretty Woman. Oh, man, I love that movie. Yeah. Number two, Home Alone. Nice. That's wild. And number one, Ghost. Oh, oh man. That was a good year for good movies. Year for movies man. That was a really good year for movies. Murderers Row. A runtime of, oh, I don't. I didn't put the runtime down. You guys saw the movie. It was two yeah. hours and 20, 30, no, two hours and 30? No. Two oh, hours. Someone look it up. Why that. are we guessing? It was two hours uh, flat. While Kevin looks that up, I do want to point out that Greg, um, in the Discord chat and also in the general of Slack, <laughs> put a uh, link to the caterpillar he was talking about because it was so important that we guide, we have a visual guide for the black and red furry. It looks like a pipe cleaner. Uh, now, for the record, I this isn't the caterpillar I was thinking of. I googled story about caterpillar and he's actually green. You're talking about the book one, yeah, the one that yeah, he, he's green. Yeah, in that. yeah. <laughs> I thought I had a good, clear picture of here and I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> but he still Fuck. posted this one. Oh lordy yeah. lord, man. Also, Barrett Very asks, important. "Who's making the kind of funny thumbnail or for Games Daily? Did you do that, Andy?" No, I wasn't asked to. <laughs> I'm sure Blessing will do it then. They'll tell Blessing. Oh, all right, all right, all right. So so here's here's the thing. Before we even get into this, there's one piece of trivia I found that is all it's a lot of words, guys. Okay. It's a lot of words. But they're pretty cool words. All right. Okay. Everybody okay. shut the fuck up. Let Tim talk. There exists enough clues in all three movies to reconstruct the travels of the DeLorean precisely to within a few minutes at worst, except for 2015's Biff arrival in 1955 and Doc's personal travels. There are a few interesting things to note. Not counting the time Doc traveled by himself, the DeLorean spent nearly 71 years on its own timescale from its first time travel to its destruction. By the time Marty made his ultimate return to 1985, he was approximately 14 days, or, yeah, 14 days, 3 hours, and 27 minutes older than he should have been. Jennifer, on the other hand, is 7 hours and 26 minutes younger than she should have been. <laughs> Another interesting conclusion is a point of contention. There are two theories, one of which drops the last item. On November 12th, 1955, between the time Biff arrived, or 6 a.m., whichever came later, and 6.38 p.m., the time he left, there were four DeLoreans present in Hill Valley from that point of view. 
The instance when Marty was trapped in 1955 in the original movie, the instance where Biff came to 1955 to give himself the almanac, the instance where Marty and Doc came back to 1955 to take it back, and the instance where it was waiting uh, in the abandoned mine. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Interesting. That's crazy. Yeah, and there's a lot more fun stuff like that, but like, there's a lot of real specific things. I just thought it was... The most interesting thing to me was like, how long was Marty uh, displaced? Because it's crazy to think that this movie continues... Immediately after the second, in the same way the second was immediately after the first, Marty's just going on this fucking journey. Man. Of a he trip needs there. a he needs a vacation. Man. But at the same time, it's cool that it's only two weeks. It's crazy, man. Yeah, in total. But I also know? remember at, at the end of this, he probably does end up going up to the lake with Jennifer and oh yeah, banging it out. So oh, yeah, good on him. Good on him. He makes good Martina McBride right there. Oof, Marlene. There Her name was Marlene. What did we think about this movie, boys? It's really um, enjoyable. Yeah, I'm always, I, you know, when you think about the Back to the Future trilogy, everyone always kind of has, everyone thinks about two as being like the one that sticks out, but then you watch them back to back, and I'm always blown away by how entertaining three is. Yeah. It's a Western. I don't really care about the, the Western genre as a genre, but I think they do enough with it, and they bring enough of the science in to make it really, really fun. And I always, I think my favorite part of this movie is where he makes, like, he has that big machine and when I first saw it, I was like, what's that for? And then he like he goes, what's that knob? And he goes, it? And then one just shitty ice cube comes out. <laughs> and the whole thing is just like to make an ice cube. It's like yeah. a refrigerator. It's just things like that where I'm like, that, it, you, you do get to play around with, with the idea of like how much knowledge you would have if you went back. Like if you were a scientist who went back to that time period and were able to invent all these cool things that could change the landscape of like American history. Um, so I think that's the fun part of this one. And I think it's just, a, it's, a, it's a much tighter film than two. And it brings in again, shout out to the, to, I really got to remember this guy's name, the guy that plays Biff or mad dog in this Thomas just, F. Again, Wilson, Thomas F. Wilson, just bringing a completely hero, different man. character to mad dog that yeah. you just, is totally different than Griff, totally different than Biff. It's it's, he's so, he's so good in this. So he plays a uh, Buford mad dog Tannen in this performed all of his horse riding stunts himself. He also did the trick where he lassoes Marty just before you meet the 1885 doc. Was that actually Marty? Michael J. Fox ain't doing that shit. No. Yeah. yeah, yeah probably. Getting drugs yeah. There were close ups on him as he was being dragged around I mean, I think, at like one mile an hour. About the lasso part, not the oh, drugs part. Got it. <laughs> got it. Got it, it. Yeah. I was, I mean, I've obviously seen these movies a ton, but I can't remember. I don't think I've ever sat down with a critical eye right after Back to the Future 2 and been like, let's watch this and see what we think of this kind of thing. And I think this is a better movie than Back to the Future 2. And I, that's crazy. Coming into I it, I never would have said that. But I think, Yesterday, you know, we talked you, about Back to the Future 2. Yesterday, you told me that, like, I was gonna be shocked by your what your opinion was. Yeah, yeah. And even knowing that, I was still shocked. He's shocked. He's shocked. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I gasped when you, you said know, that. Talk, I mean, I know we'll do it more when we get to the actual rankings of it. But I think we talked so much about last uh, week's Back to the Future Two having a rough start to it and it's not dragging. really grabbing us in the front. And then, it, but then once we get back to fifty five, you see this like really you know uh, story. This storyline come together, and there's a whole bunch of cool shit with time travel. And yada yada yada. I never felt like this one was struggling and that's not the right word but i never thought like i was waiting for it to get going i thought we dropped in we were, had a whole bunch of exposition and then we were ready to go and we were having a good time and we were out there and even the things i think in my head that i had remembered being more corny weren't as corny as i thought they were you know what i mean i know where you know i think for some i don't understand how but like i think the effects look better here where they're doing more of the split screen michael j fox playing two different characters you know what i mean like uh, having them all share the same space and have it actually yeah be cooler and not as like vibrating walls as back to the future too. But I had a great time and I, I really, really enjoy this movie. 
I had yeah. a great time with it. I thought it was uh, much better than I remember giving this movie credit for. I do feel like overall, though, it feels lesser than two. Like, and I think that a lot of that has to do with just the the Western side of it. It is way. Do you more think that's because forward. you're not interested in westerns? Or do you um, it's definitely because I'm not interested in westerns. Like, hundred percent. I don't like that aesthetic at all. Yeah. Um, but in addition to that, I just think that yeah, this, they told a very straightforward story here, which I think is good because it yeah. actually all added up and made sense. And like they 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 landed the plane. You said that earlier, but like that really is what I want to give credit to this movie for. But I still just think that they didn't take any risks really. So it's like, all right, well, you did the thing, but it's not like that impressive. I'm interested to see what Andy has to say because this is your first time ever watching this. Yeah, I um, I had a great time with it. I think it was notably less gimmicky than part two because they didn't really have to show off hey here's what we do in the western times like there's some moments with the ice cube but you know i feel like part two the first hour of it was only that um with this i i found myself just a lot more interested and uh intrigued with doc brown's like Mm -hmm. love life like i Mm -hmm. i cared about him i cared about his his personal issues where you know in the in the first two movies he's the scientist guy that you just sort of follow along and he's Marty's really, story, right? Yeah, it's Marty's story. But I love sort of getting that that deep dive into in into his life and, and seeing what he cares about and what he actually wants. And I love that it wasn't um I love that even though there are multiple Martys and Docs that we're talking about or referencing, we always kind of know they do a great job of letting the I, I it's not confusing. And I, yeah. I appreciate that where we know, oh, this is 85 Doc here right now like I, I think it's all pretty straightforward and the story was great i had a i had a really good time with it man yeah that's yeah. what i that's one of the things i really like about this one too is that it actually gets to be doc and marty the real doc and yep. marty not confused 1955 doc and marty kind of hanging out and you get to see their relationship sort of kind of come not to an end but to a fitting conclusion and it's the same with marty's story right where we spent largely two was just kind of thrown together so that they could get another character arc for Marty. And this one really is the end of that, which is cool. So I think that like, whereas two suffered because it sort of had to build upon the shit left over from one, I think three moves forward and succeeds because they, Bob Gale and Robert Zemeckis were able to like put enough buildup and enough setups so that when we get to three, they can have that nice lean, no fat script where every single beat is there for a reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm always blown away when they, they, like every time they get to that point where they talk about um, Clayton Ravine and yeah. I'm like, Oh God, they thought ahead, right? They have to take her out of the timeline. So how do they do that? Well, she died there. She was supposed to die there. And in saving her, Bob, uh, doc actually gets to take her with her. He needs to take her out of the timeline because he's already altered the future. There, so in, in doing the right thing, there, he actually though. does the right thing. What's that? There, there is one mistake where it's like, uh, if doc died and his tombstone had Clara's name on there, that means in that timeline, he did already save Clara, which mm. means that Marty should have been changed and not known that it was Clara, Clara Ravine or the whatever it was called. Clayton Ravine, yeah. Clayton Ravine. He should have been like, no, it's that's that's the right name, the Shano or whatever, whatever it was. And Doc should have been like, well, no, doesn't that? And I'm this is just fun, nerdy stuff, unless you know something I don't know. Wouldn't that not track because Marty is out of time himself? If he was in 1985, not time traveling, then the timeline should have caught up to him. But him being from another alternate reality, similar to when they did the Biff stuff, right? It wouldn't have changed for him because he's out of place as well. I, I think, yeah, I mean, that, I that's, the, that's, that's, yeah, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I, I mean, I, we're, I mean yeah. we're splitting hairs, but 
fictional country. Yeah, I think the bigger issue for me is that this is the first time that I realized that apparently Andy's family, much like the original uh, British royals, are just completely inbred. Why would Leah Thompson look? Why would yeah, she look? That Marty is also like another mom? really creepy. Do they just only let them fuck each other over and over? It's that was very really weird. really weird. Um, I love her in this. I love they did that, but it would be weird to go back and see a person that looks exactly like you as your great great grandfather and a person that looks exactly like your mom. I'd be like, what's wait, going exactly. on wait, with this? So if, what's if, happening? If I'm thinking about this correctly, because the tombstone said uh, Clara, Clara and the the uh delorean was there like that is the the future of that past right should, it should so be he should like if the delorean's there then marty should n- have grown up knowing the name of, of that ravine in its original form not the but again not, the, not but, but not the, it, it the first split. timeline right it would the the timeline that's the first when yeah. when doc saw, saves claire and now they're traveling and caught up in this timeline that they're not from right by like, your the original right. timeline is doc was never Got there it. no one was ever there to pick her up she went into the ravine so the best, as marty best, grew up he always knew it as clayton ravine to, and then, okay to that makes sense yeah for you kevin like right and for your argument which i get don't get me wrong yeah, i think yeah. the writing to back that up would have been in the movie of when marty's holding in back to the future one holding the picture of his brother and his sister and his brother's heads mr P- he would have had to have been like i don't even remember what he looks like i can't remember what he looks like right 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 right, right. you're making a lot of sense yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. um they tried to reach out to crispy glover to play seamus but yeah fuck y'all was, what an idiot. was this already was this already solved? The, do you know when their lawsuit was actually solved and they got? He got I'm sure it wasn't solved yet because you have to say, remember right. movies came out six months apart from each other. So this right? must have so, been in the beginning when they were trying to get him and he wanted a million dollars. Right? He uh, should have. He should have been like, I'll do it, but I'll do it for like three million and drop the lawsuit because he's got a terrible fucking agent. I don't know who his well, my, agent is, but like they fucked him. Well, he's well, crazy. Too, I think it's got to be that like this is all the same thing, right? Since it was six months apart and it was all filmed at once, this is still the same litigation that gets him. Because they, sure, yeah, I feel like the George but, McFly lookalike at the end gets even more screen time. Yeah, if it were me, They're I'd be like, um, how about you put me in the third one as a prominent role, pay me a dick load of money and I won't sue you and give me residuals for the other one as well. That's what I would have, that's the deal that I would have pulled. Because Crispin Glover <laughs> has done, did Charlie's Angels after this and that was pretty much it. Hot Tub Time Machine. He did Willow, every, though, right? He did do Hot Tub Time Machine. That's right. Every moment in this movie where we get the the those callbacks that we sort of uh, we could see coming a mile away, they're still so rewarding. Like I I I never mean, once got to one of those callbacks with like with the manure falling or yeah. This any one of the uh, him calling him chicken, but him calling him uh, 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 what did he yellow, call him? yellow, 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 yeah, yellow belly, yeah. Like all those moments, I think are so cool and still so well done that I appreciated them more here than I did in part two for some reason. But I feel like that, that well, because we didn't, they were introduced in two to be paid off in three, and that's why I think they're watching three makes two better. It's well, like, the, it reminds me, it's well, like the, Dark World and Endgame, where it's like, well, the manure, mo- the manure moment as well. That was part one, like that. Yeah. But I feel like there was a lot of things in part two that felt random that get payoffs. Yeah, yeah. Remember, that was our, our thing last awesome. week when we were talking about it without spoiling stuff was it's going to be interesting. This one yeah. suffers because it is trying to set up three in a very direct, like, they introduce, you know, Maddox Yeah, but that, should, that doesn't mean that two's better because of that in retrospective. No, no. Going back and watching two is still boring hour and a half of it. Whoa. Like, <laughs> I just, I feel like this movie just uh, is super, it, it brings back that fun. And then it also tops yeah. it off with all you have, you watch this and you have a weird nostalgia for the first movie, even though it's the third in the series. Because right. this is that sort of like, hey, we're, we're wrapping everything up and we're going to, we're going to stick the landing. And I think somehow, even though 
we've seen this gimmick already two times before in the other movies. The idea of having to get the damn thing up to 88 miles per hour under steam engine yeah. ends up being this super fun this like moment really that I feel like lasts yeah. just yeah. enough. And then of course they have that setup of you know the big the big issue we had last week or not big issue but one of the weird things we had last week was like why are you so fucking uh up on marty about this almanac but you let him take a fucking hoverboard back with him into 1985 uh of course has the payoff here where they get to ride off literally into the horizon and, and live with each other um and and I, it's nice because it's like it is it is that nice fitting send off to doc and then marty just gets to live the rest of his life and probably be a little bit um, bored shitless with whatever happens to him because because he's gone on and had this unbelievable adventure. Nothing will 17. compare. <laughs> Nothing will ever compare to this. Hey man, he just wants some downtime. You know what I mean? He wants to not have his mom trying to. He fuck just wants him. to bang uh, that wig off of Elizabeth's shoe. Jesus Christ! Something I do it's want to point so out. I, I had never noticed in all my viewings of Back to the Future Three until this time a great understated acting moment from Michael J. Fox when he gets out of bed at the McFly Ranch and looks he, at his pants. He he pulls it out and he check he before he gets out of bed he checks if he has pants on yeah and then he gets up and walks away and it's like damn that's oh funny. that's great I didn't know that totally was, I didn't notice that I've really missed it I've always tracked Taylor or not Taylor oh I always knew Leah Thompson, Leah Thompson. <laughs> love Taylor uh, Leone though the first scene in this movie where Marty goes back to the future in the time machine powered by the bolt of lightning striking the clock tower appears in all three films hell Pretty yeah cool. it does interesting Pretty fucking cool let's get into the beginning of this movie let's guys. Go. The year is 1985, ladies and gentlemen. We may, we pick up basically exactly like how two picked up from the end of one, uh, three picks up from the end of two, right? Uh, the DeLorean's going back in time to send Marty back to 1985. It does. Congratulations. Yay, everybody. As Doc celebrates in the streets of Hill Valley, uh, Marty rounds the corner, runs up to him. Uh, Doc faints once again, right? I just came back from the future. Um, then we get uh, Marty. Ta- he's taken Doc to the uh, uh, Brown Estate, which is still good and big and all that shit. You know what I mean? Good and big, Nick. That's what you like, isn't Good it? Big. Sick fuck, it's better than thin and like thin. It's not pleasing <laughs> anymore. Thin. Nobody wants that, Andy. You know what I'm saying, Andy? <laughs> Go over there and kiss that peep. Uh, so <laughs> it, we get in there, and yeah, everybody's just having a chill moment sleeping. Everything's drying in front of the fireplace. The letter that should, of course, completely be completely fucking destroyed. And just, just this scene lasted way too long. Right. Like when 100%. we first saw clouds in 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 this, I was like, oh, we're gonna get another fucking cloud yeah. sequence. And instead, no, we just get this weird ass look around his house that isn't interesting. You like, hang out outside stuff. of the house in a long time too. Like long yeah. enough, where you're like, why the fuck am I still outside this house? Let me inside yeah. the house. Already. Didn't like mm-hmm. this. No, but you get in, you get a pan around the house. It goes too long, right? And then it's just going to be exhibition, ex, <laughs> exhibition, exposition <laughs> on exposition. Right? <laughs> and Doc wakes up. He immediately goes to his recorder. He doesn't see Marty or the fucking hoverboard or anything. He's talking about how he can't remember how he got home. Marty walks up to him. Doc freaks out. It's a callback to you know number one. He calls him Future Boy again. And there's this uh, ongoing conversation here about this and like, well, how would you you know, do all this? And how do you know if you, there's one problem with your playing future boy? If you're from the future, how do you know all this stuff about, you know, 1885 or whatever? And he's like, you the cool thing here is when you when you when Doc freaks out and runs to the bathroom, there's the yeah. clock above the toilet. Nice. Which is the story he dealt. Like, that's yeah, how he finds the flux exactly. capacitor. Right. Right. He also yeah. still has the scar on his head from the yeah, fire when he cracked it open. And that's the one thing, too, I'll, I'll put out here. I think for me, uh, in the movie, uh, the movies, watching it when it's Michael J. Fox from number one and Michael J. Fox from two and three, it's always obvious which Michael J. Fox I'm looking at, I feel like. Christopher Lloyd, like, they, he is so good at looking like Back to the Future 1 uh, Emmett Brown. Even when they're using, because they show, like you said, uh, Tim, the original 
footage of him, you know, sliding down, connecting the things. Marty goes back in time. He celebrates. And then it cuts to the only the way I know it being different, obviously, because Marty runs into frame. But the fire looks faker because they, you can, they had to keep it going longer or whatever. So it's like, but Christopher Lloyd himself looks so fucking good in so much like uh, original Back to Future 1 doc. But I, I think so good to the point that I, I think that he is confusing as to which doc he is in time. You don't think the story gives it away? I mean, the story gives it away, but visually, I, I feel like Doc always kind of just looks the same in a way that well, Marty. Because like, that wig, that wig is so distinctive, and like Marty, you know, no matter what you do, Marty's aging a little bit. But they were able to remember also, like the first time we see Doc in 1985, he's got that terrible makeup on. So your first yeah. introduction to him is that he's this older guy. So yeah. of course, every time as the years passed from the, you know the four years when they started making these movies, yep. he, he just looks kind of more and more. <laughs> yeah, Whereas exactly. as Michael J. Fox goes from being like, you know, and those are the formative years too. Michael J. Fox goes from being like 23 years old to a fucking 37 year old man overnight. <laughs> and they just put him in the same jeans, like just shoehorn his ass into that. Just fucking up. Anyways, <laughs> oh uh, they break out the letter and they start reading the letter. And again, Doc has left an extensive letter explaining that he is, of course, in 1885, that he has been working as a blacksmith. Everything's good. Uh, he's hidden the DeLorean in the old mines. You can go get it there. Uh, he's left a giant uh, schematic here. So 1985 or 1955 Doc can build uh, the time chip that's been fucked up, uh, you know, with uh, current 1955 parts. Everything's going to be fine. Under no circumstances should you come back to get me, Marty. Leave me be. I'm fine here. I don't mind. I like the old West. And Marty and Doc are like, cool, fuck old Doc. We don't care. And Doc, old Doc you know, 1955 Doc, like, it's cool, man. I love the Old West. That's got to be fun to be back there fucking worrying about diphtheria and polio and all this shit. You know what I mean? But he talks about how it's like his retirement, right? He's like, it, there's, yeah, exactly. there's it's nothing better I can imagine than retiring in the Wild Wild West with, with all the clean air and the open landscape and all that stuff. And apparently the bears that just come out of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We all know bears live in caves. It's true. Right? They're dead animals. They eat, and they eat honey. They do. God, they love it. They don't wear pants. Just they wear pants. Just like Tim. Tim. Picnic baskets. <laughs> yeah, they love a good picnic basket. Wearing a tie. Oh my god. All right. So, anyways, then as I as go to the mines, we'll get this thing. So they go. To, they might have to blast. And so the next shot is them blasting, and they blow it up, and they start walking through the mine. Uh, Nineteen fifty-five. Doc's like, this is really cool. It reminds me of one of my favorite novels, Journey to the Center of the Earth, Earth by Jules Verne. Uh, this is neat and cool, and blah blah. blah. They're just talking about that, and uh, Marty's eventually like, "Hey, Doc, look at this!" And then he turns around, and it's ELB. Uh, Emmett's initials written on this one plank, and he's like, "Just like in Journey to the Center of the Earth." So they blow the sh- they knock that out in a perfect hole that does just is too perfect. And they look in, and sure as shit, there it is, the old DeLorean wrapped up, put on some uh, what do you call that, Kevin? Boxes? I don't even know. It's it's yep, elephant parts. You nailed like it. Boxes, yeah. Yeah. You call them boxes, Kevin? Is that what they are? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you know this. In the future, we don't use boxes. Um, gave me goosebumps. You know, seeing yeah. this, yeah. it's cool. It's, it's great. very cool. The musical uh, little flare. It was, it was yeah. also yeah. so well wrapped up. Like the yeah. tires were wrapped and it, the detail is interesting. Yeah, but it's like, and I don't then, know if and, the tires would last that long. No, they didn't. Because <laughs> if, if you look at the tires, the actual yeah. rubber has disintegrated from the rim. Yeah. And yeah. he so switches that was, them out that was, for the white. The white yeah, he switched, that's why he switches yeah. them out for those white yeah, walls, yeah, yeah, yeah. which I thought was a really cool choice because someone had to sit there and go, how would this piece of metal and all this machinery age? Now, granted, yeah. after 70 years, all the bushings, any rubber <laughs> piece on that thing would be gone. Would be gone yeah. So you'd have to really do some retrofitting on it. And I think a lot of the electrical systems probably might have gotten eaten through by rats and shit. But it's cool that they at least threw a nod to that of like, totally. Let's, they should have told. Yeah, let's make sure this thing looks like it aged and sat in the cave for 70 years. Uh, Although there so, wouldn't be any rust on it probably because the cave wouldn't have that much moisture in it. They go in there and they start looking stuff and like this is where he does the whole thing of like as you can see the the lightning strike uh, fried the time chip or whatever and it's Doc looking and he's like no wonder it broke made in Japan. <laughs> 
Doc, all the best stuff comes from Japan. Uh, and so they wheel it out there. Like you, Nick says, you see that the, the wheels are done. They load it up with the truck, and then it's, uh, all right, it's time to head back or whatever. Uh, Copernicus, though, the dog won't come, and that dog won't hunt. And he's over there crying, and Marty's like, oh, I'll get him. And Marty walks over there to get him, and he's over there mourning on Emmett Brown's gravestone. Oh, my Smart God. Dog. Yeah. Huh? Oh, smart. Well, you know, <laughs> dogs are like that. You know what I mean? It's all the time. If I throw a sock outside right now and I let Portola loose, he'd find it. You know what I mean? That's how it is. I highly doubt that. <laughs> <laughs> you stay tuned to my Instagram live today. I'll see what happens. <laughs> Break his hip on the way down. <laughs> I'm not throwing him out the window. Anyways, uh, Marty freaks out. Doc comes over. He freaks out. They take a photo of it. Uh, you know, it's is what? It's a week after the Monday after he's or. It's a week after he sent it. Yeah, a week after he sent it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, on a shot in the back over a matter of $80 by Buford Mad Dog Tannen uh, and mourned by his beloved Clara. And he's like, what, Clara? I don't know. I don't know any Clara. Of course, you don't know, Doc, but whatever. And and they look at the thing and it's, you know, whatever. And they're like, well, what the fuck is going on, man? We got to try to figure this out. And maybe it's a different Emmett Brown. Of course, it was the right Emmett Brown. They go to the Hill Valley uh, Library slash archives. They're looking through old historical records and documents and newspaper clippings. Uh, they're struggling to find anything related to Emmett Brown. He seems to be a ghost. He seems to have nothing on there. But lo and well, they find uh, Buford Mad Dog Tannen's uh, photo, by the way. Uh, lo and behold, they do discover uh, a photo of uh, the clock tower installation, basically the clock before it got put up there. And it's Doc Brown uh, out there posing with it. Oh, my so God. Great. It is. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's He's just so guy. it's like it's one of those things we always bitch about. Like, how coincidental. It's always tattooing. I love this fucking clock tower just being the through line of all yeah, of this. Yeah. So cool. yeah, yeah. It's just I, great. Yeah, they, they did a great job here making that be the thing, right? So a plan is hatched basically to send Marty back to save Doc, to stop this from happening, bring Doc back to 1985, set the timeline right. He doesn't know he's about to die. And even still, I'd be like, well, you know what? He died. That's what he wanted. But he doesn't want to die, apparently. Whatever. We'll fucking save him. That does seem a little flimsy and weird. Where it's like, I think sure he dies, but like, Doc's like, I don't want to die. <laughs> Yeah, like, all well, right. a week after you. you know that he sent the letter. Yeah, he's been there for what, like two months or something? Six, I think. Was it? But six? yeah, it's it's still like okay, but like, where do we draw the line? Where it's do we draw the line? At this like, point, the hey, line I'm has gonna been go back in time out. to save another guy's life. Yeah. Essentially, it's like funny. where where do we put it? Where do we cut it off? Right? right. <laughs> it's it's funny that like future Doc that's in the past right now will like be like, hey, no, Marty, I can't tell you about this accident that happens. It's like the rules are out of the, the door. Just tell him about the accident. Yeah, yeah, I know. Totally, totally. Uh, but we digress, of course. Uh, they fix up the time machine. They put this cool, the new time chip, the time chip, which is like, you know, super it's a tiny. Microprocessor, right? Exactly. is a gigantic board on the hood of the uh, DeLorean. I love it very much. Strapped like there with like leather straps. Yeah, yeah. So they talked about the giant white walls on the DeLorean. It fucking looks cool. Uh, they go to the drive-in theater because I guess that's just the place with enough run. Not only is it enough runway for 88 miles per hour, as Marty calls him out, like, I'm going to, this is a fucking trek back to Hill Valley. He's like, well, you need to be out in the middle of nowhere. This will all be open. You can hide the DeLorean here. You can't risk somebody seeing you. are like, okay, I guess that kind of tracks. That makes sense. Uh, but also it's like, uh, I got you some clothes. He comes out, he's wearing, he looks like, he looks like a fucking clown, Nick. You know what I mean? Yeah, it looks like a car. He looks like a, a TV, like a kids TV show cowboy. Howdy fucking duty. Did you like the little Adams that were like uh, yeah. embroidered Nuclear on the side Adams, there? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. cool. Um, and so, yeah, they, I never saw Clint, Clint Eastwood dressed like this, Doc. And he's like, fucking get in the car, you bitch kid. <laughs> we got to go back and save myself. All right, fine, whatever. I'll get in the fucking car. Oh, Jesus. So Marty gets in the car. And then in just like when you can see them in the writer's room and they're like, all right. So we're sending 
Marty back to the future. Uh huh. And Doc's helping him. Uh huh. Well, what's Doc going to do while he sends him back to the future? And the one guy in the writer's room, like, sit there and he's like no doc's got to do more than that so give him a stopwatch and a gun to fire in the air and they're like why is there like a lightning no there's nothing he has to time out with no, at all doc's just a crazy one. person everybody's like all right cool to say ready set go <laughs> I, I guess to- you know, just guys i could totally too hard for Marty to take his fucking fat foot and shove it on the gas pedal i guess he i could see him doing that though like that makes it like if, if i'm sitting there i'm sending this kid back to or to the past <laughs> back <laughs> Because it's the first time we've gone that far. Totally, back. no, no, you're right, you're you know, right, you're right. I'm, I'm gonna be like, all right, <laughs> let's make sure everything goes off correctly. It's like, well, no one needs the time. This is like, well, this is for science. Why do you have right. the gun? I'm like, this is for science. Go. Yeah, like, all right, cool. Yeah. Yeah, that makes also, like, maybe yeah. give me the gun because I might encounter a bear or something back then. Like, set me back armed for Christ's sake. Every time they go, they know they're going to encounter a tanner that's going to try to fucking kill them. Mm-hmm. So, like, mm-hmm. just give me a give me a fucking Uzi. Let me just spray and pray. And that was, and I, I did. I would like to see Doc give him some money, some gold or something. Army you know with I mean? like, something. But mm. like, by the way, we have a however much time we need to prepare for this plan. Right? It's mm. not like we have to immediately do this the next day. We could wait a year. I could hang out in 1955, bang my mom again, or whatever Jesus the fuck you wanted to do. Check back in with my dad, or- and then. Buy like appropriate clothing, more hang like, out, and then go back into the past. I think but again, remember, more, Marty's youth is waning by the second. He's four. Ooh. It's been fourteen days. He's fine. Wait, hold on, guys. What happens to this doc? He this just doc goes on forward. to become our nineteen eighty five doc who well, wears a bulletproof of. vest and doesn't get shot. Yeah, right. But so he just with, lives nineteen eighty five. So when Marty comes back, there's just him and Doc still get to hang out. Mm-hmm. No, because at well, the no, end of this doc. Goes that doc off is now doc time traveling time train. Yeah. 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 Which doc is that though? Is that the, the doc that they? That's need? the eighty-five doc that that wore the bulletproof vest. Yeah. Keep in mind, and I know, just stick with me for one second. Keep in mind, Tim, that this is not Avengers time travel. This is Back to the Future time travel. So when you catch up to the present, there there's only one doc in where it should be, right? And that didn't even make it any clearer. I understand, but remember that like we're dealing with the doc of 1985, who at the end of Back to the Future one was like. I'm going to go to the future. Then he came back from the future. It's like, I need you. Then he went back. Then he got sent to the Old West. Then he came, well, theoretically, who, where, nobody knows where he fucking goes. But he gets he builds a time tra- travel and train with Clara and stuff. And then Doc's travel through time. the knowledge of other docs as, as we catch back up to the timeline. Yeah. While you continue the plot here, Greg, I'm sure, going to need you to draw me out. Money? I'm going to need you to draw me out a sort of diagram. Of what? Of just all the time travel stuff. Okay. 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 Thank cool. you. We'll just. I, I just. I don't. I don't know. Sit in silence. I don't. No, I mean, it, it all tracks it. because remember, after after he wore the bulletproof vest, right? He wakes up. He's like Marty. This is. It's all good. And then Marty returns home, and the doc takes the the. Uh, he goes into the future, and then comes back and picks him up. So that, know, that but, the, the one of the Wild what West. About, what about one. the doc in the beginning of this movie? The doc in the beginning of this movie continues on, and then eventually reads the original letter. That Marty wrote him saying, "Hey, the Libyans are going to shoot you. Wear some like prepare for that." He, but that's, he that, uh, that had already happened. Wow, Greg did it pretty quickly. Oh, look at what Kevin brought up too. Both of y'all are doing that's, it. That's uh, it's actually surprisingly close to, to what this one is, huh? Yeah, yeah. Ah, it's really good, Greg. It's not that hard to follow, you know. I mean, Tim's you no. Know, hey, hold on. Make it more complicated. No, I'm not. It doesn't add up. With, you're thinking of it with a van. Making fourth dimension. We're fucking working. I'm just got a real problem Tim, I just you, you guys still aren't giving me an answer about this doc. The, which, which doc? doc? Which Wait, doc? 
this doc, the, the doc the, that just shot the gun, the, the doc, doc just shot the gun, he, he went back to his house and kept developing the time machine until 1985, yeah. where he became friends with Barty and and started the whole thing over. Yeah. So he is the one that goes, but then he doesn't get shot and keeps going. Right. Fair. Got it. His life. I was thinking it was 1985. You're right. That totally it's makes 1955. sense. 1955. Greg yes. said 1985 at the beginning, but it's not. Gotcha. 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 Yep. Yeah. Totally adds up. Tim, it wasn't another way of thinking about it. Remember that, like, Doc in 1955 to 1985, and then meeting Marty in the 80s and becoming friends with him is very much like uh, the young parish boy from uh, Jumanji. Remember, he he, they they went back to the past and they come up, and then they have the end of the movie where they're like, oh my God, they're here. What a movie. What a Doc would have had that as well. What a franchise. What a franchise. Let's do that. That's deep. (laughs) Anyways, right before they go, by the way, Marty's like, and those Indians won't be there. And Doc's like, no, there won't be Indians there. They're just a fucking pain to you, well, idiot. Also, I that's the this. dumbest thing this. that Marty could have said. You know what I mean? Like, it's one of those things where, like, Marty, <laughs> that's, that's a fucking clearly. If you time travel, why you was not? there? Yeah, you you know how this works. But Kevin, no, real quick, he's, he's real only quick. been he's only been in this for like two days. He can't. He doesn't no, understand. It's how been all a this week. Works. We know no, that's that not. I mean, he's only traveled back like four times. Yeah, but I mean, think about how long it would take you to become an expert at it. At least five times. But it's not. Anyways, what he should have done is been is I'm going to go into the future, get the conversion done again to this car so that it can fly. Then mm. I'm going to go into mm. the past. Then I can land wherever the hell I want and not get attacked by people. Pick up the dock, come back. Boom. Everything's fixed. Instead, again, he's yeah, like, there, there doesn't I'm going to drive where there's no fucking roads. Yeah, again, you're absolutely right. There does not need to be any sense of urgency. Marty could, again, spend two years preparing for this, go back, and we have a time machine. And by the way, why do they always go back five fucking minutes before the bad thing happens? <laughs> no, go back well, so, a month and pick him up. They're like, hey, man, I came back a but, month. So we have a month to deal so with So they this. did five days this time. Argument. Just for the sake of argument, everybody, and I know we're just t- this is go back movie. the day he arrives. Couldn't so he just tell 1985 Doc everything or 1955 Doc in the letter everything? Similar to also check your pocket for the you're gonna get shot. And so he oh. wears the bulletproof vest, and then when he gets to where he should be flying above the billboard, he lands the fucking car. Great, that's a possibility Greg. as well. I mean, I don't know it's, if that it's would a necessarily... thirty year and like two days like time span. Like isn't it also, isn't it like also worth pointing out that I guess too, where uh, we're with nineteen fifty five Doc, uh, they just have a conversation about not building a time machine ever. <laughs> like, hey, yeah. you figured out it works, hey, and well, no, but then at that point, nothing Mar- good comes from it. Really, you I won't think, let us but use it. Yeah, but that, rich. Think they again, want Marty's this, family to still be well off. Like, I think they want all that stuff to still happen mm, the way it is because he's mm, seen the future now. He doesn't want that. Is fair. That is fair. That he just wants to save Doc. Time out. Time out. Time out. They've already made the changes. Yeah, exactly. 1955 it's already been, been built, you know what I mean? Right, but if he, he tells Doc, hey, else. don't do this, don't do this at all, and you'll save your life, they'll never be friends, nothing will ever happen, but and then it'll revert back. Friends. You can just have the amp and but the fucking no, 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 guitar. No, no, no. So that that would then create a divergent timeline that they right, would all be correct. living in, where yeah, it's no, like, right. sure, now he doesn't build the time machine, but the time machine already exists because the rules sure. of this time-traveling yeah. universe has to happen once it happens kind of thing yeah. right well i mean it's already Anyways, happened. I digress. He, he he starts up the fucking car he drives towards the wall 88 miles per hour doc shoots the gun a bunch of times uh, i i think this is arguably one of the most yep. fun and coolest cuts of this you see him whip through and then all of a sudden the indians that were painted the native americans that were painted on this thing become yeah, real with the movies yeah, no, no, no. but they they come through and obviously he like he starts riding toward them riding horses yeah. and he's like holy shit and then on top of that, it's like so we're we're so used to the Back to the Future score being 
iconic and awesome. They introduced this whole new theme for Back to the Future 3 here, and it is equally rad. The Western I love this shit, man. Yeah. Like, this is Hollywood movies at their best. Um, I already... Sorry, guys. I was going to say that's another reason, by the way, why these movies, I feel, are cohesive because they got Alan Silvestri back and they got Dean Cundy back. I mean, not back. I mean, literally, they're all working on these as they were shooting them back to back, right? Um, and I think that's so – it's such a cool treat when fil the filmmakers can do that. And it's very rare that you can get the full team of, of like, your upper-level um, production heads to actually come back and, and redo the movie because then it always feels good. I hate when they change the theme of a movie, like a sequel, and then they get a different person to shoot it and everyone's already aged and it Fucking just feels the like – The Iron Man franchise? Yeah, it just, just doesn't feel – Three different theme songs? Right. Yeah, 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 exactly. Thunderstruck! Uh, so he drives on through it. Indians are there. He yells Indians. Again, Native Americans, but we're playing we're playing fast and loose with things. Yeah. Because I don't know if no, you look no, around no, that uh, 1955 drive-in, there's a lot of cultural appropriation. <laughs> uh, he, you know, basically U-turns it, drives away from the Indians. Uh, he just fucking is flooring it. And these Indians are coming up fast. He takes it off the little ledge, drops down, and then he looks behind him, and he's like, oh, there's a cave. Slams it in reverse, shoves it in the caves. Uh, Native Americans come riding over the thing. They jump down. They're like, did we just see a fucking fucking thing from the future aliens? And did it not affect us at all? You're 100% right. Let's keep going. But here's like, the thing. That's it also just popped in out of nowhere. Like they were exactly. all running and all of a sudden it appears yeah. and disappears. And they're getting chased by these uh, cavalry. Exactly. Guys. By the cavalry. Yeah. And, and it's one like, of those things where like. You're like, oh, that's a weird thing. Why would they do that? And sure as shit. Yeah. Marty goes up over the top and guess what? It's the cavalry. And he screams, it's the cavalry. And then he jumps down and the cavalry is like, did I just see a guy in a pink shirt? Don't have time to worry about this at all. And that makes more sense. And they jump over and they ride down and they're chasing down after these Native Americans. <laughs> they were trying and to Marty kill gets... some Native Americans. Yeah, they saw a white guy. They were like, "He's he's clearly fine. Let's good go." Enough, let's go good enough. Good enough. he passes. And then uh, he has like a he has a black sheep moment where he just rolls down that hill. For <laughs> I wish it would have lasted longer. Oh, we're not there yet. We're not there yet. <laughs> yeah, we're not quite there yet. Uh, so yeah, Marty then goes back in to retrieve his boots, the photos, and everything else. He puts the photos uh, or the photo in his pocket. He puts something else in there too. I forget what it was. Uh, puts the photos pocket. Grabs his boots, and then he looks over, and guess what? Battery There's an arrow in uh, the time machine. He pulls that out. He might have done this already. Uh, and then he's like, that's weird. And then he smells gas, and he looks down, and the gas is pouring out. And he's like, oh, no big deal. Just gas. And then before he can put anything under it to catch the gas, because I think he would have. He would have. Bear, bear roars. He's like, oh, my God, it's a bear. And he runs out, and this black bear chases him. And then he, the black bear is giving him a good run. It's the best and bear. Tosses his boots, tosses his boots uh, at them, and uh, the, he stops to eat the boots. And so Marty's now free and clear, you'd think, right, in his moccasins, uh, these uh, uh, Nike shoes. But instead, yeah, he rolls down a hill and tumbles down uh, in his uh, thing and tumbles like Oh, my sheep. God. So violent. The whole thing. Forever and ever and ever. The head just smashing through the fucking wood. Smashes At this point, Marty's had defense. three concussions. And <laughs> right. Nobody's going to believe the goddamn word this kid says. Yeah. He's going to be fucking it, it, losing time when he gets back to 1985. Uh, 100%. I mean. Yeah. He's going to have anger issues and not know how to deal with them. Yeah, exactly. uh, smashes through the fence uh, and then passes out. And one Seamus McFly comes and finds him. Uh, we then get the classic Back to the Future scene of Marty waking up in bed. Uh, disoriented after getting a concussion and he's like what's going on blah 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 and uh, Maggie McFly is there talking with an Irish accent and reveals that of course he's on the McFly farm <gasps> McFly farm and he sits up and we get another call back to everything that's happening here right oh I should have pointed out uh, when we were going through the Hill Valley archives we saw a photo of the McFly family including a grown William who was his great grandfather that's right what, yeah mm -hmm. and was that um, yeah it was his great grandfather but was that um, the the dude that played his dad, right? Chris no, that was, these are all these are all Marty. These are all Michael J. Oh, Fox. Oh, was that also Michael J. Fox? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, 
It was a clean shave of Michael J. Fox with his hair kind of slicked back and around. Uh, so you think you're going to see him, but instead you get Sheamus with his little bowler hats. He's Pulling a chameleon, this Michael J. Fox. He could just fit, fit into any role, man. I kind of, I, I you know, I, obviously I think it would have been a different story of, or a different dynamic if they had Christian Glover here, but I kind of like that. It's Michael J. Fox talking to himself because he gives him, like, he's the one that is sort of the moral center of it. Where he's like, you don't have to take these fights just because you could have someone, just walked away. Yeah, you could just walk away. Oh, it, 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 it just changes it a little bit, like like on a weird meta level. If you were telling that to yourself, you know what I mean? Sure, sure. I, I kind of like that. Uh, so yeah, Megan gives us the four one one. We're on the McFly farm. She's married. Uh, William's a baby over there. Uh, Seamus is over there. He's got hats. Um, and so they have dinner. Uh, it's rot. It's rabbit that Seamus shot or whatever. Uh, William's the first McFly born in America. Not really key to the story, but just giving you a heads up. Um, so they start eating dinner. And again, this is where I thought it was well done in terms of passing the food, grabbing the plates, pouring the water. The water is disgusting, of course. You want oh, some water. God. You know what I mean? People did that, Tim. You Do know they what not I mean? have cheesecloths like to clean like the water? Bit. I don't care, I think, I think their gut biome was so strong it could eat through any of the bacteria <laughs> yeah. in that wire. That water. Yeah, We're all wusses true. now. We I was going to say, Marty, that's the thing. Marty would be giving them so, all sorts of diseases and killing them, and they'd be giving Marty all sorts of diseases. Oh, he would be giving them everything, yeah. And yeah, he would probably shit himself to death if he had to go back and drink that water. Good yeah, God. oh, no, totally, yeah. He would yeah. definitely get dysentery. I would have loved it if, if the first uh, American-born McFly, if they just used, like, Marty's head on the baby. <laughs> 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 if, it was just, if it was just Michael the J. Fox's head, so they weren't all in on it. Oh, it's horrifying. Hey, Doc. <laughs> uh, more information in the exposition <laughs> here. And uh, basically, he's got to get in town to find the blacksmith. Uh, I understand that. I can help you. Uh, Maggie doesn't like this and pulls him aside. But Seamus is like, I don't I don't know what it is about this guy. Uh, but Will likes him. And Will doesn't like any strangers. I feel like my future is tied to him. Uh, and he offered because he offers him a hat as well. Cause he's, it's interesting because this is the second time that comes up, right? Where a character interacts with the other character and feels something special about yeah. it. The first of which was when she kisses him in the car. Yeah. And she's like, that did not Kiss feel right. Yeah. And I, I love that there's like, they never really have to explain that. They just introduce that element of like, it's there like, is some, like some magic or some maybe love yeah. travels through dimensions. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, and you just rec- you just recognize yeah. It. yeah. Andy. Inter- yeah. Mark. That's what I was saying. And the one thing I, Catwoman. I mean, I, I don't love the way that they that those lines are delivered. They feel too cheesy and kind of convenient, though. Like there's that moment at the towards the end of the movie where <laughs> Seamus McFly walks to the bar and he's like, "I just feel like I had to be here," or like yeah, fate yeah. kind of brought me here. And it's like it's so over, like it's so in your face with it. It's, it's a little like, bit, but also you have yeah. to remember these two look exactly alike. If I saw mm-hmm. someone that looked exactly like me who just happened into my space, I would be like. One of two things would happen. Either I'm like, I feel like I should take care of this human, mm-hmm. or same matter can't occupy yeah. same space. Time kill cop, it. I have to kill it. Yeah. I have to and that's why you and Josh McCougar are such good friends. You went with the first snap its neck. Exactly. Snap Want to take neck. care of him. He has, you know. It's funny that aside from uh... what does he have, Nick? What does he have? <laughs> I was say, his, his liver one day is just going to get up and leave. So we all have to we have to love him while he's. We got to look out for him. We have to love him. While uh, he's it's here. funny that Mad Dog is the only one that are, like is like, hey, you and Seamus look a lot alike. He, oh yeah the, yeah, the tannins have a it can see through it. You know, yeah, what I mean? they can, but they're, like they're I connected mean, to this timeline in a very interesting way. Maggie or Margaret or whatever the hell her name was wasn't Maggie. like, hey, this guy looks just like you. Well, they again, the hats bullshit. and mustaches. It's hard. You know sure, what I mean? sure. Yeah. If Andy walks in and he's ten years younger, a different haircut, no mustache and a hat, you're not gonna know who he is. Not a chance. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Anyways, so he'll take him as far as he can tomorrow. So Seamus drops him basically like the railroad tracks, and Marty walks his ass in there with a little bowler hat on. And here we go. It's Hill Valley 19, or I'm sorry, 1885, right? And so he's walking around. He's taking in the sights. There's some whores. There's a fucking, there's a, some a fucking tombstone guy. Tombstones. There's tombstone guys. Up, they're coming out food out there. They're bathing <laughs> yeah. a dude. And everybody's just say, like looking at Marty because he looks weird. I'm going to ask this. Stupid. Who do you think runs this town? And is he good with the town's pairs good, uh, with, with the good people of Hills Valley's money? Because... We have five shops and a mega structure with a clock in it that must have cost yeah. half a million dollars to make back then. <laughs> well, we, uh, we if I were in this town, I'd be like, maybe more horse stables or some clean water would be where we start. Clean water. But this is, a, you know, it's going to stand for all time, as they'll tell you later, and it's going to be important to the town. Yeah, and they're fair. raising money for it still. It, they're still I mean, spot on. Like you know what I mean? Deal. Who the fuck are they raising money? There's 15 yeah. people that live in this town. <laughs> are they giving them all of their income? Oh, I forgot too. Marty told everybody his name's Clint Eastwood. Um, that's awesome literally 130 years into the future this tower the clock tower is still there yeah still there in in every scenario well yeah i guess we don't see it in 1985 or the 1985 we do with biff yeah everything 1985 oh i don't know about that in alternate reality 85 biff i think tore it down and put up the toxic weight point right yeah the the hotel where they live but so for most timelines it's pretty solid totally not bad for this mayor that we met for like two seconds Clint was asked for permission for his name being used for Marty, and he consented and was said to be tickled by the homage. <laughs> Can you imagine Clint Eastwood being like, I'm tickled? I'm tickled. <laughs> That's amazing. That's really cool. I, I always wondered that. I always wondered if they had to actually go to him and get permission. I mean, you assume, sure, but it's just his name. I don't know if I don't know what the rights on that versus the likeness. Well, it uses cool likeness in two, remember, because they're watching the movie. Now, granted, that's some kind of movie deal, I assume. Where sure. it's like, yeah, they just they call up the other studio, or if it's their studio, they can just get the rights yeah. to it. But they just pay a small fee for the licensing, like a sure. music, like a song for do, that. Do you think there's a lot of young kids who don't even know who Clint Eastwood is? Yeah, well, he's a really yeah. good director now, right? Well, he, yeah, he directs. They don't know him in this sense, right? Sure, but you, like I mean, I mean I like a, that... like a thirteen-year-old growing up right now. Oh, they don't know who Clint Eastwood is. No, absolutely right. not a chance. They're not watching freaking uh, Gran Torino and being like yeah. this moving piece. It's no, funny you pick Gran Torino, which is like one of the most recent movies that he's done. That's what I'm saying. They don't watch like they're not watching like American Sniper or any of the movies he's doing now. I don't think kids give a shit about the stuff he's doing now. But like back but in I, the day, I don't even think fucking Dirty just... Harry, damn right, I you need to make a Fortnite movie. You know, yeah, one hundred percent. I know what you're. I know, what you're, Greg. I know what you're thinking to yourself. Did it, did he have five bullets or six? Did he shoot six or five? Well, to tell you the truth, and all the chaos, I don't know myself. So I guess you have to ask yourself: Do you, do feel, you lucky? feel lucky? Well, do you, punk? That's Dirty Harry for all the kids watching. Damn. Has anyone I watched even... that movie? Fuck. I've never Nick. seen Dirty Harry. Oh, Nick, it's I've, on Netflix. I've never awesome. seen it. I've never even seen the scene. I But I kind of felt really? like I knew where you were getting to. Dude, you guys should watch that's Dirty Harry. Iconic. Yeah. Dirty Harry is needs to interview. It's fucking yeah. awesome. Harry Callahan. Um, so he walks in town. He sees all the shit. He's looking around for the blacksmith. He don't see shit. He sees the clock tower and sees how it's still out there and it's not built yet. And he's like, wow, this is fucked up, Doc. And so he goes into the uh, uh, the bar. And he's and there's a bunch of old timers there, including I think Andy Rooney, right? Mickey Rooney? No, Andy. Rooney. I, I don't know. I don't know. But all I know is that Greg, if you and me were in this bar, oh, God. guess which characters we'd be? The guys. There's not that many people in the bar. I'm assuming we're the guys at the <laughs> table. There's just Talking two shit. guys at the table that are Waldorf and Statler the entire yeah. time who are just making fun of him relentlessly. That's what I'm talking about. Isn't that Andy? That's Rooney what or I want. Mickey uh, it might well, Mickey Rooney's Rooney. the guy. Like Mickey Rooney's alive and still making. Andy Rooney was the. You know what really grinds my gears? 
Wasn't yeah. that Andy Rooney? Yeah, I don't oh, know. Shit. I didn't recognize him. Well, no. So who's the dude I'm thinking of? There's an old actor, Rooney, right? Uh, Rooney. Andy Rooney is. It is Mickey Rooney. Rooney. Right? Oh, Mickey Rooney. That's what it is. Yeah. So wait, who is the wrestler? Who wants his bird? Mickey Bork. Mickey Bork. <laughs> Thank you. That's where I'm getting hung up. What on. are you talking about? <laughs> so say, Andy, Andy Rooney was like a 60 minute Andy correspondent, is right? Andy is correspondent. Mickey Rooney is the old timey actor who's in the Simpsons actor. for the fall. And he was in a Back to the, the Future yeah. as well. Right? The guy who ran the movie theater. Or no, not uh, um, Last Action Hero. <laughs> oh, that might have been him. Yeah. Great movie also. Does. And then, yeah. yeah, here we go. Okay, cool. So we're caught up then. Everybody's fine. Got it. Perfect. Great. But I'm looking at the thing. I don't Mickey see Mickey Rooney on here. Do I not know who Mickey Rooney is? Kevin, I don't think I don't. I didn't recognize Mickey Rooney in this. I, I but I but I wasn't really paying that close attention as they were just utterly eviscerating Marty McFly as he walked no, in. No, that looks like Mickey Rooney. Hold on, Mickey Rooney. <laughs> I can look it up for you, Greg. While you while you, do this. Uh, I'm looking. It well, now I can't move on. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's I, impossible I to keep going now. No, I'm, fuck. We're... Maybe that's not him. I don't know Mickey Rooney. <laughs> <laughs> I don't fucking know who Mickey Rooney is. So yeah, the old timers in the saloon were Pat Butram, Harry Carey Jr. Jr. and and Doug Taylor. Taylor. These guys all have to be famous like old Western. Oh, I'm sure they are. I'm sure they. they Oh, look at that. I thought that Dub Taylor was Mickey Rooney. So and this go. is like legitimately directly connected to your question of does anybody know who the fuck Clint Eastwood is at 13? Watching these movies, I'm like, oh, this old white guy must be that other old white guy I've heard about. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, I saw yeah, him yeah. on The Simpsons, and they this look, guy looks like the guy from The Simpsons. So that's not fair. Right? He looks a lot like what I would think Mickey Rooney looks like. <laughs> I couldn't I, – if you put him next to each other, I wouldn't be able to tell you which one was which, but I yeah. don't know a lot about Mickey wow, Rooney. Wow, look at that. We learned something today except what Mickey Rooney actually looks like, but I digress. He walks into yeah, the bar. He doesn't, look like, he doesn't look like Mickey Rourke. So for, for context, Dub Taylor was in <laughs> Maverick, Bonnie and Clyde, The Wild Bunch, and The Getaway, so he must have been like an old school. These are old-time Western actors, I yeah. assumed. Yeah. Uh, he walks up designing to women. He was in a couple designing women. Talks to the bartender and is like, "Yo, I'm looking. I need, you know, can I get some ice water?" And they all laugh at him. And he's like, "You want some water, better duck your head in the horse trough." He's like, "Fucking Jesus, we, can I?" And he's and they're like, I, I, "Here, we serve whiskey." And he puts out the little shot glass and he pours it, and it, it steams off the table because it's eating through it like crazy. So I love that. Like, it's absurd. I never, I never noticed that until this time watching yeah, this. I'm like, really? Wow, that was a cool wow. effect. I never noticed that it overflows and like and hits the dry ice or yeah. whatever the fuck chemical they put on the on the. Yeah, yeah, yeah bar uh but yeah he's uh obviously they're looking for the blacksmith before he can really formulate that plan however uh mad dog tannin rides into town he comes on in here and he's like mcfly i thought it and oh you're not seamus mcfly would you wear his dumb hat <laughs> you know what i mean we're getting this whole situation over here Greg, i want you to know that i burst into laughter randomly by myself a couple days ago thinking of you doing the impression unless you got power unless you've got power <laughs> still the best so some good. of the best line delivery in cinema <laughs> Fuck you, <Mickey> <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, they get into an altercation here right where uh, he calls him mad dog tan he's like i don't like being called mad dog tan and why would you do that and then he pulls out his gun and he says dance he starts shooting the floor and then uh marty goes from being terrified to like i'm just going to michael jackson dance which i'm gonna moonwalk and sense. sing michael jackson songs yeah all right uh, so this he, is so dumb. I hate it. He diffuses everyone at the bar and then decides to grow a pair and slams down on a loose plank, kicks over a spittoon. It lands in uh, Mad Dog. And Marty's like, so that's gross. fucking gross. I better run. And it's our no, he doesn't. Go. One, of the, one of the other guys goes, you oh, better right. run, son. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, get the fuck out of here. So he runs outside. 
And you'd think it's going to be your normal Back to the Future. We're going to get a skateboard, but it's all dirt roads, right, Nick? You got no skateboards out there. No, you ain't got skateboards, bro. And so he's running. And then uh, Mad Dog Tan and the gang get on their horses, and they lasso Marty. And then they start dragging Marty through the streets. And it's terrifying. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because we love, we love Michael J. Fox. Yeah. We think we love Michael J. Fox. And while he's not as sexy as he was in Back to the Future 1, he's still pretty fucking oh, sexy. Why? And so you don't want to see this sexy little don't know boy if he was get killed. Sexy. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so he gets dragged around. <laughs> they drag him over to the courthouse. And then they and he's like, "We got a new courthouse. I think it's time, about time for a hanging." And, and they fucking wrap it around his neck and he's like, and then they fucking hang him. And they got the, there's just a fucking hook there for no reason. They're like, "Yeah, <laughs> they're doing this whole thing." You know what I mean? And then everybody's like, "Oh man, this is traditional old west stuff. This makes sense." It's worth noting, by the way, also that we saw a sign at the marshal that said "off for the so and so hanging." So oh right, yeah, yeah, marshal out of town at the moment. Because I always wondered, I was like, "Why the fuck are the cops?" The marshal place is like right next door. How come the cops don't come out and stop us? I mean, you watch Tombstone; that whole town's fucked anyway. So I love, I love that it's the marshal is Strickland. Yeah, it's so good because like the character is different enough that it's like God. I could see this being the great grandfather of that man. You broke up a bit there, Kev. We understood. Um, Worth pointing out, too, that I think this is the first time we ride by the manure. Or actually, we might have walked by it when we came into town. uh, And it's A. Jones instead of D. Jones, like in the uh, 1955 manure company. Oh, that's cool. Um, Same thing with – it's also a funny one, too, of if you remember, and this is a deep cut from all the other ones, but like – Statler t- Toyota was a thing, and Statler Automotive have, has been a thing throughout all of the timelines of Hill Valley. Oh. This time, it's Statler Horses when Marty walks in. It's so like that oh. Statler family. Oh, that's cool. I like that. For Hill Valley forever. Um, and people Marty's really don't leave this fucking town ever, do they? No, right. Well, I mean, that's <laughs> no. what it used to be about in the 80s. You and remember that. People had another fun thing for you guys here is so each of Needle's henchmen comes from one of the other gangs in the trilogy. So this mm. is at the end of the movie, but... It makes sense to talk about here because we just saw some it's of these. Like guys. the Avengers gang or whatever. Uh, so JJ Cohen played Skinhead in Biff's gang in Back to the Future One mm-hmm. and Two. Ricky Dean Logan played Data in Griff's gang in Back to the Future oh, Two. That's and cool. Christopher uh, Wynn played an unnamed member of Buford's gang in this one. Cohen and they're all the in ones in Needle's films. car. Yeah, that's cool. That's really cool. So is Needles a tannin? No, I think Needles no. is just uh, Needles, just man. Friend, yeah. Remember, how we were trying to connect who's Griff's dad. Maybe it's Needles. I'm just saying. But no, awesome. according to the TV show, it's Griff Jr. I apologize. Thank you. Thank you very much. No problem. Are we going inter- love- to interview I'm- that? I, and by the TV show, you mean the cartoon, right? Yeah. Is that Sorry. not on TV? I, just, I mean, it was, it but show? I don't know if that's like canon. Because there a was show? a great episode where Doc invented a, a, a baseball structure, exoskeleton you could wear and be good at baseball. And I remember when Marty wore that and went to the major leagues. It was yeah. a big deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Canon. Kind of a rip off of Rookie of the Year, but nobody cared. Such Marty a big deal. But before home. we get on with the plot, I want to tell you guys about ExpressVPN. So here's the thing, man. We all know about how ExpressVPN protects your privacy and security online. But there's something that you might not know. And in these trying times, this is something that you should know. You can also use ExpressVPN to unlock movies and shows that are only available in other countries. Now that so many of us are stuck at home, it's only a matter of time until you run out of everything to watch on Netflix. You can only blade through the same content for so long. You need new content to be able to blade through. Um, so this whole week, you can, I mean, forever, whatever you want, you can use ExpressVPN to binge shows like Doctor Who, which is only available on the UK Netflix. But if you're in America, you can do this. Next thing you know, Kevin, what are you doing? Watching some Doctor Who. You're watching Doctor Who, man. It hides your IP address and lets you control where you want sites to think that you're located. You can choose from almost 100 different countries. So just think about all the Netflix libraries you can go through. If you love anime, go to fucking... Whoa. 
<laughs> go to Japan, guys. Go to Japan. Japanese Netflix and be spirited away. You get it? Uh-huh. That was fun there. Uh, it's not just Netflix. ExpressVPN works with any streaming service like Hulu, BBC iPlayer, YouTube, you name it. There are hundreds of VPNs out there, but the reason that uh, you, you want to use ExpressVPN to watch shows is that it's ridiculously fast. There's never any buffering or lag, and you can stream in HD no problemo. Uh, ExpressVPN is also compatible with all your devices, phones, media consoles, smart TVs, and more. If you visit the link right now, you can go to expressvpn.com slash morning. You can get an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. You can support this show, watch what you want, and protect yourself with ExpressVPN at expressvpn.com slash morning. That's expressvpn.com slash morning. Um, and if you visit that, you can get an extra three months for free. How about that? How about oh, that? There you have it. Got to that, okay? <laughs> Smooth enough. Did you mm-hmm. though? You know, back to the plot. Back to the plot. <laughs> Marty is being hung. It all looks like this is how the movie will end with a dead teenager in 1885. You're ready for it. You know what I mean? There's some blood coming out of his eyes. You're ready for this. And instead, what do you get? Uh, somebody walks up with a really cool looking gun. And then they extend the scope of it. And then they hold it up and they shoot and Marty falls. They shot right through the rope. That's a crazy shot. How could they do that? So and the cool. Buford gang freaks out and they look over that and it's Doc. It's Doc. Everybody's like, turn in. It can shoot the, it can shoot a flea off a dock at 300 yards. So cool. And what a like, great thing to say. But it's gone down or whatever. And, he's, and then they, they have this whole argument here about this fucking thing. And it's funny. You know what I mean? Because here's the thing. Griff sucked. We hated Griff, right? Mm-hmm. He's weird. Like He's just, he's weird. He's got a meat fucking head we didn't like that thing that pounds me you didn't powder. like the tenderizer of the bart head no i didn't like the I love it. Rip! we hate that all right <laughs> I, again all the respect in the world to the thomas f wilson and all this characterization he has to do to make fucking the same dude different every fucking movie there like, are so many emote possibilities with the faces you're making when you do the characters <laughs> <laughs> but Game is fun we like him a lot and so he argues with doc and it's about this horse that uh threw its shoes or whatever and it's been <laughs> you can bring him back and you can reshoot him well i killed the horse after it happened so there's this whole funny exchange and like this is the 80 dollars, of course uh that will lead to doc getting shot in the back and so they have this whole argument and finally he's like all right fine i'm fuck you guys yeah i'm out of here but you know you'll pay for this eventually you stupid blacksmith and they ride off, and then uh, Doc goes over there to Marty, and he's like, and they pick him up, and he's like, I told you not to come back for me, but it's good to see you. And they hug, and Marty's all, ah, he can't talk, you know what I mean? And he's like, what kind of idiot dressed you like this? You did. And then they, they go back to Doc's uh, hideout or whatever, right? It's a great line. I love that moment. Right, great. And this is the whole thing. Again, like, in the same way uh, Uncharted 3 works so well because it was, like, this buddy movie between Sully and Drake, it's the same thing here. Where I do like the Doc-Marty, like, it's different. It's the same, obviously, things we're doing, but it is different enough that, like, hey, here they are interacting and actually yeah. showing friendship that they have. They so are very much. Uh, later, we have the line where they flip catchphrases. And, like, it's just a fun little thing where, yeah. you know, one says it's heavy and there's great Scott, whatever. But it's like, I like that because it really is saying, like, look, Doc is the main focal point of this movie. Like, yeah. he is the, the star of this. I like that a lot. Yeah. Like, the, the, these little back and forth that we're getting between them. It's just shown how much that they've been through already, and they understand that. And it just reminds you a lot of, again, we keep making Avengers comparisons, but it reminds you of, like, Cap and Tony, like, just giving each other shit, and they're they're all buddy-buddy. It's really cute. So we go back to the blacksmith shop. We're going to catch up, see what's happening. Uh, Marty walks him through. Here's the picture. You're going to get shot in the back by uh, Tannen. 
Doc's like, yeah, man, if I knew this, I would have just paid him off. Who's Clara? I don't know Clara. I've never met a Clara. I'm not in love with anybody. That's crazy. Uh, and it's like, all right, cool. Well, you're right, Marty. We just have to go back then. We'll go back to uh, 1985. And Doc makes a whole point of like, he's been staying on the down low and he wouldn't have a romantic connection because he doesn't want to fuck with the timeline. He, you know, he, even though he's trapped, he thought he was trapped here. He's doing his best not to upset the apple cart, even though he's taking over a shop that would have been somebody else's shop. But I digress. Let's not get in. Also, he's created ice. Like he's made a refrigerator. Oh, but he's exactly. not sharing that. That's earlier. This is what happens. Ice. Yeah. Where he's figured That's out how to true. make ice. He's like, this is going to be super simple. And Doc's pa- packing up all the stuff. He's like, this is going to be super simple. And then Marty's like, oh, by the way, my reentry here, we tore the fuel line. And this is, you know, we're going to have to fill it up with gas. And Doc immediately is just like, it's over. <laughs> they, they overcome so much. And Doc's just like, there's no possible way to fix this. <laughs> it's interesting. I feel like. He doesn't know how to figure out how to make gas from uh, oil. Yeah, but he only has like five days. That that's my only ration. That's my only like okay. defense against this. Yeah, is that yeah. every I think he could have done that. I think he could have done a conversion for the thing to ethanol. I think he could have done a lot of different things. Uh, but I think they, they they're yeah, desperate, yeah. and then of course once they do that, they blow out the the fuel injector right. because like, uh, it's again Nick fuck everything up. Yeah, because again Nick, they decide to go back five minutes before the big things about to <laughs> yeah <happen>. exactly. <laughs> Just give yourself five months. A little leeway, that. you know. But here's the thing, he's stupid, you know. Marty's not Who's a smart one? guy. Oh, yeah. But, but Doc got, agrees with him. He's like, we should go back five days. Doc's like, sure. He doesn't know right. this kid's coming from the fucking future to go save him in the past. <laughs> it's true. actually his future. Doc's confused. For Christ's sake, do you guys ever have head. to come back and do you ever have to come back and save me from 1885? Give it a solid six months. No. <laughs> let's take a vacay. Like, yeah, let's yeah, hang let's out. You have to go on. Nick Bring on. some money with you so we can like buy some horses and like horse race and do some cool yeah. shit. Dance like, to yeah. ZZ Top. Exactly. Oh, my oh, God. What a, what a, K-Babs what on, on TV here uh, says actually something smart. Is that Marty arrived when he did so that Doc could write the letter to Marty. But again, he could have still written that letter with Marty being like, all right, write the letter. This is what <laughs> you say the letter. <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? Kevin, you know it's kebabs, right? <laughs> anyway, so, so they're there and they this is the revelation that they well, without gasoline we can't get it to 80 miles per hour we're gonna fuck it all up um i'm gonna combine a few things here because i can't remember exactly where it happened they try they try alcohol first and then it blows, it like blows but out the... thank you nick for fucking fucking the point up that wasn't a point i was making i mean i think the, uh, the they, governor they comes also, in and asks him they, to they, they oh, that's my point is this when the mayor comes in and is like hey you have to you know how to pick up the yeah, yeah. You, you said you pick up the teacher or whatever and he's like oh fuck me um Anyways, yeah, they try the alcohol, the strongest stuff they have in the bar that blows up the fuel injector. Uh, they try dragging it behind horses. That doesn't get nearly fast enough. Uh, there's talk of rolling it down a big hill, waiting till winter when it's ice and there'll be no friction and all stuff. But that, that's back to Kebab's point that they don't have enough time. Right? Or maybe it was the other point. That, no, our point that they have to get out of there by Monday. Like The shot of it being there. dragged by the horses was so freaking cool. Yeah, it was cool. Right? Yeah, it was really, really yeah. cool. Um, Real so, scared yeah, for the windshield, though. They were yeah, they're going to fall through that thing. Yeah. Uh, who knows if it was safety glass back then? It might have just been a pane of glass. Yeah, it probably again, was a pane of glass thicker. They're worried about it, and they, uh, they're, they, Doc's ready to give up again. And if only there's something, and then he hears the train whistle blowing. Toot, toot. He's like, oh, fuck, shit, fuck. Toot, and so toot. him and Marty run over there, and they're talking to the conductor about how fast they could get it up there. And the guy's like, I think, what did he say, 25? And there's a guy who got it at 30 on a long stretch of thing or whatever. And then they ask about 90, and the guy's like, what do I, it's impossible. Nothing can go 90 miles an hour. And they're like, no, I just settle a bet here. You know? And he's like, well, if you had nothing behind you if you had a long straightaway track and you could get that boiler hotter than the depths of hades you might have a shot at it or whatever this like, scene uh, fell flat to me where what? like it, i it love felt, 
it, it felt like just pure exposition. I feel like they could have done something more clever of like having these people be somebody we know or something. I don't know. It just like it kind of just felt like, all right, now here's the exact exposition of what needs to happen here. And I just feel like it could have been more fun. Like like Dale Earnhardt Jr. or something back in the you know, like he knows speed. You know, <laughs> this guy knows speed. Like these Tom guys Cruise. knows fast, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I I kinda liked it. I was I like, liked it. if you're gonna ask it. who how fast a train can go, who better to ask than the actual conductor yeah. of the train? The only thing I don't like is I'm like, I, I don't understand why you couldn't. I know that they had to have the the thing be on the straightaway, but another perfect example of like, why do they always just calculate it out? So this thing hits 88 miles per hour the second it goes over the fucking gorge. That's what it had why to not? Yeah, I think that's, that's the way straightaway they had, Nick, Nick. But I feel like you could ju- it was just a slight bend. Why don't you just start half a mile back and just get up to at least 20 miles an hour so you get a running start with this thing in front of it? What if what if they're what Tim? How about this? Ten miles an hour. Why are you starting from zero? He he's asking the the guy about like speed and fan and you know how fast can this train go? And he goes, by the way, what's your name? And he goes Dominic Toretto. Oh so, my God! Can you like imagine? or like That's a name a name of that sort of you know what I mean? You're like, right, Andy. I don't think back in ninety they had Mario a sense. Andretti. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know I'm if they saying. knew that fast. Fran Mirabella the first. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Here, here's my other question: Do you guys think that wouldn't it be possible that when they return back to 1985, uh, Doc Brown and Clint Eastwood are known as uh, domestic terrorists yeah, because true. it's clearly them that took that train, and they just for no reason no took proof out hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of train and just drove it over a fucking cliff domestic no terrorists <laughs> Back, and we respected them they have you know they know about uh mad dog b for 10 i digress uh from there i'm gonna pot- toss this in but i'm a little hazy if this is exactly i think maybe they ride horses to exp- to look at the tracks and figure it all out and be like yeah this will work or whatever and then they hear a woman screaming and like what's that woman screaming right. and you look up there and there's a carriage and just run away and there's a lady in purple on it and like we gotta do something Marty. and so he's like come on Marty. <laughs> they're riding they're having a great time but they're really scared and so this horse is headed right for the ravine right like clayton ravine which we've already talked about um also claire clayton we already found out her name earlier and that's when they're like oh fuck that's the woman you're supposed to fall in love with but i won't fall in love with her don't worry about it uh they ride over there doc gets up beside it he pulls her off the carriage she gets on uh the horses break free just the right time for the carriage to tumble over the side with all of its flour she was carrying and fucking just flour flying everywhere and it smashes down and destroys all our books and all the kids are like yay we don't have to learn ever again <laughs> that was those yeah, were the only books in the old she's left with this indestructible telescope well, That's no, no, because they they do it. And they get introduced. There's it's love at first sight, obviously, on the horse, and she's all like, oh, he's all like, oh, and they're like, you know what I mean? They're in love with each other, kind of thing. But uh, Marty, Doc, and Doc and Clara ride on one horse, and Marty rides on the other one, and they ride her back to her place of residence now. And they have a bunch of loose clothes and some loose boxes and a loose telescope in this box. Mm-hmm. And they drop it there, and Doc is up there, and he can't stop staring at her, and she can't stop staring at them, and they're fucking in love. You can tell they're in love, like me and Jean-Vierre. But they, they, Marty keeps doing the Doc thing of like interrupting, like, we got to go, Doc. Time to go, Doc. We got to get out of here, Doc. Uh, and, and he's like, yeah, we have to go, blah, blah, blah. And so like, he kind of reveals he's a scientist here, and she gets all excited. I'm a, I'm a student, student of all, all scientists. scientists. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And so uh, they ride back, and it's just like, oh, I was just being nice, Marty, kind of thing. And it's like, oh, it's more than being nice. You know what I mean? Yeah, Marty also said this out was for him and Jennifer. I'm sorry, go ahead. Like, you looked horny, Doc. You know? Yeah, it's the first time okay. Doc's blood's ever worked down there. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, before, he only got erections for science. I'm sorry, what was yeah. that? You think Doc's been a virgin? Yeah. And this is the first I time. Mean, I think he was dedicated to his craft. You know what I mean? He's been close to a woman. He's been close to him before. Science conventions. I think yeah. that's a good point. I don't think it's something he ever strived for. I do think that, yeah, yeah he was dedica- dedicated to his craft and his uh, his career, you know? 
Yeah. yeah. Um, and so, all right, cool. That's the end of that. We're, all right, we got that done or whatever. And then now we, we're back in the barn. Uh, it is uh, where he's got a crude model once again. Yeah, sorry, Marty, for the crudity of this model. <laughs> I love that. Scale. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> it still it's reminds whole... you of, the, of part one. Like, and I giggled to myself again. Was, totally. Sorry about and the it's... crude model. Like, it's fine. <laughs> it's good. <laughs> it's, not, it's not the scale painting. Uh, yeah, what we talked about again is the exact same thing here, right? Of like, all right, cool. We're going to th- steal the train here, release all the cargo and passengers. Then we'll flip this track. We'll go over here. The time sh- DeLorean will be here. We'll put it in here. Uh, we're going to have to get it really hot. So I've made these crazy logs that burn really hot. I use them in my forge or whatever to do things faster. Um, and then, you know, as Nick said, when we get to this very, uh, oh, this is where it was. And we get to this uh, uh, participant this deadly drop that isn't built yet but it, you're not thinking forth dimensionally enough marty yeah i've got a real problem with that the bridge will exist in 1985 you'll just glide right across everything will be fine that's what i think when they hear clara but it doesn't matter um while they were uh when i'm just mixing and matching now i guess sorry but anyways at some point in the barn clara shows up with her telescope it got broken can you help me out doc uh he, he's like yeah and like this and then you go this way it's perfectly clear and they're another moment where they, like, everything's clear to them because they're in love now kind of thing I do love all this because it's it's so uh, reflective of, I guess, in part one where Marty's mom is coming on to him in yeah. the lab or whatever, or in Doc's little hut yep. or whatever. And I and I love, uh, you know, but this time we're looking at Marty kind of yep. doing like the, oh, He's shit. walking around like, we got to get this, Doc. This yeah. is what it's about kind of thing, right? And so the idea is this, he can fix it for her. He won't charge her for it. Oh, great. I can pick it up from you tonight at the, uh, uh, not the Enchantment Under the Sea dance, but the town festival or whatever for the clock tower. And they're like, oh, we weren't going to go because of time travel. But okay, we'll go. You know what I mean? Like Because of time travel. <laughs> time travel was going to keep our peepees in our pants, Mima. But now we won't. Mima. Mima. Me, Grandpapa. God, I, it, why? Why do we, we have gotta to do it? Because I want a Mima shirt. <laughs> Andy, make it's it. It's never going to you know happen. I mean? Instead of it being my black shirt with a KF on the side, I want Mima on the side. That's exactly right, Greg. Thank you. (laughs) I'm glad Nick's here to party. Can we do a shirt that is uh, Nick from the Golden Girls thing? You know, the makeup that he did? And then on the, the, it just says, Your Mima loves you? Yeah, I love it. Okay, cool. That's great. It's it's me, but it says Mima's watching. I think your Mima loves you, and it's you as well, dressed a, up it's as a Blanche spoof or whatever. Of my grandma's yeah, shirt. Yeah. Oh, I see. I see. I see. It's okay. I Anyways, it. now we're gonna go to this uh, fucking town festival or whatever, and so they have to go out of love now. Okay, fine. So Marty and Doc go over there, and this is where yeah, ZZ Top's playing. So the the thing here is ZZ Top was just they were by the set, like they were doing some performance thing, like some rock show. And that's oh, okay. a foreign thing to think about at this point in time. But they were doing that and it was nearby. And they came by the set just to like, <clears throat> see things. And they're like, hey, do you want to like hang out? And they just started playing music. And then they got put in the movie. Awesome. That's cool. That's really cool. And so it's Man, a big... They really fly by the seat of their pants. And these mm-hmm. these men, like... I, it sucks that Huey Lewis didn't make songs for two and three. But I digress. Yeah, because um, here's what I wanted. Here's what I wanted. Point. The song that I was playing at this dance, I would have loved it if it was just a Western version of The Power of Love. Sure. Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 
And it turns out, like, it turns out that Huey Lewis is also a time traveler and he steals that song. (laughs) You know what I mean? Bill and Ted are there with Huey Lewis. They're like, check out this sound. He's writing writing a letter. (laughs) Yeah, check out the sound. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's a happening festival. There's a lot of shit going on. It looks pretty cool. Um, the clock, they do the whole thing of starting the clock for the clock tower and the mayor does it and he's not Goldie Wilson junior negative three or whatever. Um, everybody's like, yeah. And then it's like, all right. And, and like, they're having this whole conversation. And it's just like, yeah, I forget what Marty, how Marty sets it up is just, you know, sucks. We don't have a picture of it or us or anything like that. And then they flash the bulb. So they go over there and pose by the clock take the photo it's another funny i think you know like bro moment for them right where doc's like it sucks we won't be able to show this to anybody and marty's like just just, just smile doc they take the photo together um then they go over to the dance thing right um they're hanging out there on the out yeah clara shows up she starts talking to emmett they're gonna dance uh, we get a scene with a gun or yeah, yeah. No, while that when they when doc gets distracted by clara and marty walks off to the arcade in quotes cabinet to the the colt uh you know uh, testing facility uh he shoots really shitty and then he's like can i try that again he does his crack shot shit from the this the guy's like no no, no you got to hold it with your left hand i'm like what what the fuck and marty's big secret is he's like i'm right-handed, right-handed. nobody <laughs> nobody sees so that stupid. coming um uh, meanwhile on the outside of the I, I, I love it, like the payoff from the the second movie. Seeing that, like him, be really yeah. good at that arcade, and seeing it now, it's like, oh, look, they set it up. Have fun. Yeah, I don't know if it's worth it though. No, I, I think it. Like, I mean, I think it's. I feel like it's like, oh, there's a payoff, but it's like, all right, I then I'm just not had it in either movie. Well, well I, just, like I feel it like there would have been no tension. Marty's gun skills. He should probably just kill. Totally, <laughs> Dog Tanner. Yeah. It's a it's a bizarre thing to set up that has doesn't have a payoff of him actually. Yeah. I think it does because I think that he he's it shows him as skilled, but then right. it serves to show how much more dangerous Mad Dog is. Because remember, at the end, he's like he looks at the picture and he still loses. So he's like, "I might go out there. I'm st- I'm it's I'm dead, like no matter what." So True. I think that's it, right. it, it that's sets it. him up as a skilled gunman, but it sets Biff up as way more dangerous. But I don't know. At, at no point, even before then, was he confident he was going to win this fight with the gun? No, but the but the audience looks at it and goes, "Oh, this guy he can shoot, so he has a fighting chance." If he couldn't shoot for shit, if we'd ever show that he could actually shoot then there would be no tension going in as to whether like there's no way like there's no way I, know. I feel like it, it convolutes the tension i'm, like, ca- I'm kind of with tim i wish he just hadn't didn't have it in either movie <laughs> I, well i, I think, think I, it, it, it makes it so that there there is like the potential that there's a fair fight like nick said yeah that, like, it, 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 you, you lead into the third act going you don't know what marty's going to do whereas if we never saw him handle a gun you would know that fighting isn't an option it's not an option in this one you're like oh it is an option and because he doesn't like to be called a coward he's going to go out there and that's going to get the better of him and And that that leads to that pivotal moment where he has to make that decision to not let people you know get in the way of his destiny i do want to give a quick shout out to the fact that that the production design behind the cabinet looks like the old game where like the hearts are right here and like they flip around as he shoots them that was that was a cool little detail they, they paid attention to and yeah, worth pointing out when uh, uh, Mad Dog got him in the fight before he called him yellow, and that was why he didn't yellow or whatever. Um, so now, uh, yeah, Doc's dancing. Oh, meanwhile, on the outside, yeah, uh, uh, Tannen's gang had showed up. Marshall Strickland had been there when they confiscated all their weapon. He had his son with him and was like, don't let anybody push you around. You know what I mean? <laughs> Basically, look out for slackers. Um, but Mad Dog turned over all, in all their guns except for one, just a one-shot little pistol. But he keeps so his when, hat. Right. When they were there, they saw Doc over there dancing with Clara. And so they went over there to approach him. While they're approaching, uh, Marty's already done with the gun game, and he's instead going over to the pie table. And he runs into the McFly family there, and they talk for a little bit. And then uh, Marty just fucking 
gorilla eats a piece of pie. <laughs> and he's like, oh, frisbee, far out. Which is a funny line, period. And then, like, the, the McFly's reaction of, like, what, what, what? That was a strange thing to say. This kid yeah, ate a lot of lead. Now, do you think that if they started a pie business, they'd call it McFly's Pies? I hope so. That'd it's cool. possible, Nick. It's possible. Yeah. Um, so now over there, uh, Doc and Claire are dancing, and uh, Tannen comes up and puts the gun in the back of uh, Doc, and he's like, hey, "I'm gonna fucking kill you." And Doc's like, "You're early." And I thought this is a great line, right? Like, "Oh, you're early." And he's like, "Last time I shot somebody with this gun, it took two days for them to bleed out and die." And I was like, "Oh, that's why he dies on Monday, shot in the back." They were all ready for a fight on Monday, but actually, it's something that happens on Saturday. That's yeah. Cool. Oh, I never caught that. Yeah, it's cool. That's cool. Um, so yeah, Doc's like, oh, I'm gonna talk some shit or whatever. And then uh, he's like, you won't fucking talk shit to me. And then he's like, oh wait, you're dancing with a woman. I want to dance with a woman. And he he goes back to being like again, just being a sexual predator runs in the Tan family. And he does the same like bit face, <laughs> like grabbing her and dancing around. And like, no. And then like Doc mouths off or something. And he's like, all right, that's it. I'm gonna fucking kill you. And so he pulls out the gun. Marty sees it. He grabs the fris- frisbee pipe, throws it at it, knocks the gun out. It, he still shoots, but he just hits Doc's hat and the hat flies off and then somebody over there is like i'm the from frisbee pies this seems like a cool toy we should make and they're like oh this will change the world uh but they cut that scene out instead True story about frisbees is it that's how frisbees came to be the it was it was just it was frisbee was a pie company yeah and then some kids in college at uh upan i think it was started throwing it around and mm-hmm. then they're like oh shit and then so frisbee started making i'm, I'm not making this up that's cool. Does it go like, that far? Oh, Kevin's, Kevin's giving me the face that I'm making this up. It's, no, it seems I, I like because t- sometimes you'll throw I, fucking I made up shit at us, and you'll be like, I, I could totally up. tell it was real because I like I, I don't know. It, it was so weird hearing Tim say the word U pen. Mm. Yeah, I he doesn't know what U pen is. Sure. There's no way Tim <laughs> thinks about U pen. U pen. So that happens. Didn't Gia go to somewhere? Is it Pitt? Yeah, that's what he just said. I thought she went to Philadelphia. That's what he just said. Yeah. Oh, I didn't hear it. <laughs> but wait, didn't Gia go to a college like that? Mm-hmm. Anyway, you know I mean? <laughs> <laughs> it could be a lie. <laughs> Anyways, uh, now Marty runs over there and he's like, fuck off, man. And he's like, you fuck off, man. I was going to kill this guy. And he's like, well, fuck you. And they're like, fuck you. And so Marty starts to walk. I just want to leave my friends alone. I just want to leave my friends alone. And so he turns to walk away. And then Tannen's like, what are you, yellow again or some shit like that? And he's like, no. And they come over and they're like, oh, well, let's fucking fight. What are we doing tomorrow? And this is another funny scene where you're like, you know what, Mad Dog Tannen? You're a caged sexual predator and a murderer, but I still like your style. And he's like, what about tomorrow? I like, can't do it tomorrow, Tan- uh, Mad Dog. You got to fucking whatever the hell we're robbing the town or whatever what about the next crazy, day yeah. we, we can do it on monday all right cool i want to do it at 7 a.m or whatever and they're out by the way i like the callback of like whatever they did the next day is what they get arrested for later right where he's like strickland comes and he goes you're under arrest for robbing the whatever train yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Oh, cool that's fun and so like and, and he i like to get my killing done before breakfast and marty says noon i like to get it done before they settle on eight and doc's like more marty and he's like we're gonna be fucking gone at eight you idiot shut up and he's like yeah let's do it great that's the thing and so, you know, Tana walks up, or no, the trick, uh, Marshall shows up and talks some shit, and then Tana walks off. And then Seamus comes over and he's like, All you had to do was walk away. You could have walked away now for me like a child. <laughs> and they're like, No, I couldn't walk away, man. Just fucking call me a chicken. Also, and, I couldn't walk away because this guy would just have shot me in the back. Yeah, well, someone's got to put this guy down. I don't think if saying it's be no to this guy was going to stop him, you know? Exactly. Like, fuck off, Seamus McParty McFly. And then fucking Doc's like, Marty, what the fuck? And he's like, Well, we gone at 8 a.m. He's like, What if anything goes wrong? What if the train's late? He's like, train's late. And then uh, more people are like, good job, Mr. Eastwood. Get him, Mr. Eastwood. Blah, blah, Mr. Eastwood. And the gun guy's like, I want you to take this gun because whatever gun kills him, I want him. And if you lose, I'll take it back. I'm like, all right, cool. We get it. You 
What an influencer at this point in time. Totally right. The first influencer kids call. Yeah. Mm. Um, so Marty goes uh, home. Doc and Clara go to her house and use the binocular, not the binocular, the telescope, telescope. that he just fixed or whatever. Um, Doc stays out all night long, comes back smelling uh, Clara's little thing. I like the I like the little conversation they have here, where she's like, "Do you think we'll ever be able to go to space?" And he and oh, gives right. her the spiel of it, and she goes, "I've read that book too." And he goes, "We talking yeah. about Jules Verne?" And he goes, "I oh, I love that. Uh, my favorite was like Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea. I read that when I, I was a kid." She's like, "How how could you have read that when you were a kid? It came out like yeah, twelve months ago or something yeah. like that. Ten years ago, yeah, yeah. ten years ago. I was like, well, I felt like I was a kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really, really cute scene. And also, shout out to uh, Mary Steenberg Bergen." Yeah. Mary Steenburgen. That's how you say her last name, right? I never can if I have it in front of me. Mary Steenburgen. Anyway, love her. Love her and curb your enthusiasm as Ted Danson's real and fixed additional wife in the show. From Step Step Brothers. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah, she's phenomenal. And they have really good chemistry. They do. You believe that he would want to stay back in time with her. Yep. Um, Marty wakes up the next day. Doc never came home. Marty's got his butt hanging out. He walks over there, does the whole "You talking to me?" Does. A gun. Also, what? fun, fun little homage to the the opening of the original movie where Doc has set up all the breakfast items. Yeah, to, yeah on yeah, the yeah. alarm clock. Like to show. And I was like, machine. that's really yeah, cool. Yeah. That's fun. That's really cute. Um, yeah, like I said, Doc's walking back into town now, smelling it. He has some conversation with someone here that's important. Smelling it. <laughs> I think maybe this is when he runs back into Marty or whatever. I don't fucking matter. They're, uh, they're reunited. It's a blind, blind spot, a rare one for me. Um, they're reunited. They talk more. They got to get the plan together. They got the today to get it ready for Monday morning when they're doing their thing. Um, there's more exposition here. Stuff's happening. Things are in motion. The Undertaker uh, uh, measures Marty for his c- coffin. Creepy Undertaker. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's yeah. just so bizarre. Like, <laughs> yeah, we we run through it pretty quick. Um, but I think basically uh, we jump. We might as well jump to it. Like they're out camping on the wa- the, the the countryside, getting ready for in the morning to wake up to go get the uh, uh, train and take it over. Uh, Doc, however, is having a crisis of conscience here um, about if he, what he should do about Clara. He wants to stay behind. Marty's like, you can't stay behind. There's a bunch of wishy-washy flip-flopping going on here in terms of what they're going to do and what they're not going to do. I forget if Marty says we could bring her with us, and I think he does, right? And Doc's like, no. And like, why? wait, Doc, she's dead in our timeline. What's it matter? Yeah, we should steal her now. Who cares? We should Doc doesn't see it that us. way, though. Doc flip-flops a bunch on what he wants to do. Eventually, though, uh, yeah, I'm going to go, but I want to tell her the truth. So they go to bed, but then in, uh, while Marty's sleeping, Doc gets up and leaves. He goes over to Clara. He tells her that the whole shebang, right? I'm leaving, and, and, and here's the deal. Like, I'm a time traveler. She gets super pissed, as you'd expect. And it's just like, he, if you're, if you you should have just come right out and say, I don't love you anymore. I don't want to be with you. But that wouldn't be the truth. She slams the door. She goes and cries on her bed. Doc leaves. He leaves a little smelly thing behind. Right. Um, but also noting, I think this was another nod to Jules Verne's like time machine, right? Where she's like, you, why'd you steal the story from him? Why don't you just tell me the fucking truth? Yeah, yeah, exactly. You're, like, it's not a story. This is really good. like this. Yeah. 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 Um, Doc devastated goes downtown uh, to the bar where he uh, asks for uh, whiskey and leave the bottle. The bartender's trying to talk him out of it. You remember the 4th of July? <laughs> like, this is all funny. We don't know what that means, obviously. Uh, Doc goes to take a drink. But yeah, the Statler and Waldorf over there. Uh, say something, get his attention, start talking about the future or whatever, and they say something about the future. Um, we then uh, jump from there over to Marty waking up. He realizes Doc's not there. He's like, oh, shit, where the fuck's Doc? We got to go get the stupid train. I overslept too. Um, Mad Dog, he wakes up as well. He's like, come on, guys, we got to go kill this, this, this uh, Eastwood guy. Uh, 
Marty puts it together pretty quick that he's probably down at the bar because that's just wherever he hangs out. He goes down there. Uh, Doc is still in there ranting about the future, right? And he's talking about automobiles and uh, how will we get it? Will people still walk or run? Yeah, <clears throat> yes, you run for fun. Run for fun. <laughs> you know what I mean? Another great fucking. Another this, great accent. Another great. This whole sequence is really confusing to me because uh, when he initially takes the shot, I thought, oh, it's poison. Because he no, passes out. Drink, man. He's no, just, he just he, has no tolerance he, yeah. for alcohol. None. He's never party. Never he's got done anything. Yeah, I just, reaction to it. I don't know. I just like I, I when it happened and he passes out. I was like, oh, was maybe like, like. I'll be honest. If that was my reaction, I'd go immediately to the future doctor and be like, am I? Do I have a death like death allergy to alcohol? <laughs> yeah. So like, hold really quick, I skipped it. I'm sorry. I skipped it. I'm sorry. It wasn't. Statler, Statler and Waldorf that got him at night. It was, in fact, just these traveling salesmen, dude, who's like, it's a woman, isn't it? I've seen it a million times in every country I got. Oh, oh, right, right, right. Uh, in the morning, it is Statler and Waldorf making fun of him. Like, how many of those has he had? And the bartender's like, that's his first one. He's still holding it. So fucking funny. Oh, like, it's yeah. just such a random yeah. thing. I, I really love that. But this is another example of, like, why didn't they set up in the prior movies about him, him and alcohol? Not Doesn't even a little bit. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a silly goof, but I think, yeah, I think it works. I don't hate doesn't drink so it's like they, they couldn't have set it up you know well I mean, they, they a lot they of could, dialogue could have done it something. yeah they they could have had any moment in a bar where he says oh not for me marty i don't drink you know like but it's, I understand exactly what saying, but it's like the same way he's talking about like dedicating his life to science he could have thrown it in there i dedicate my life to science i don't even drink you know what i mean but yeah, yeah. doesn't matter uh marty eventually wanders in the bar finds doc doc's all and marty's like fucking snap out of it you idiot we have to go back to the you have to save my life i'm a child and he's like oh fuck right oh, let's go and so he's like all right goodbye everybody blah, blah, blah. and then like a moron takes the shot and then he like just <laughs> bites it immediately in a very funny way i think bites it through the table goes down Marty's like how many is yet and that's his first one even marty's like what a fucking pussy <laughs> <laughs> so he's trying to wake up, slap him in the face. It's not happening. And then the bartender gets this whole like thing of like, I got just the thing. Jimmy, wake up, juice. And it's just a fucking bloody Mary, it looks like, but it's, it's whatever. It's all weird. This whole yeah. thing is bizarre as well. Yeah. It's very like slapstick comedian or whatever, right? So he puts a funnel in Doc's mouth, pours this bloody Mary in. Doc sits up and he runs out to the trough, shoves his head in, and then he comes back up and passes back out. And he's like, Oh, he's not really up yet. That's just the reaction. All right, but they drag him back in. Uh, while he's back in there, uh, Tannen shows back up and he's like, ah, fucking Eastwood, I'm going to kill you. He's like, fuck, damn it, you're early. And then you have this whole conversation about time again where you're like, I don't I don't like you, but I respect you, Tannen. Um, and this goes on. Eventually, Doc does wake up. He's got a headache. And it's like, all right, cool. What are we going to fucking do? Seamus is there, too. And, the, and he's like, Marty's like, I, he's calling me a chicken. What do I do? And he's like, you got to go out there and fight him, son. Otherwise, you'll be, a, the, you know, you'll be Clint Eastwood, the yellow belly coward of the West. And he's like, who fucking cares? Why does this matter? It just doesn't right. matter. I don't have to do this. He's an asshole. Marty has this moment, right, Nick? You always talk about it. I love that. Like, he's an asshole. I don't yeah. have to. Like, he literally says that. Like, I don't, I don't have to play this guy's game. Like, what, what do I care what this asshole thinks about? Right. And so you fucking yokels that are all going to probably die of dysentery or like, or fucking your sisters. Yeah. Chlamydia. You know what I mean? Oh, we're in Kansas. I didn't realize that. I thought we were in California. We don't know where um, Valley is. Um, uh, so then it was like, do you have a back door? The bartender's like, yeah, in the back. <laughs> so they go out the back door <laughs> and immediately one of Tannen's dude sees him and starts shooting at him. Right. Uh, Marty runs into a side door. Doc falls down behind, a. Um, I sorry, I had a computer a barrel there. of water. Uh, oh yeah, a barrel. Um, they grab Doc, drag him out, and he's basically like, "You got one minute to come out here, uh, Eastwood, or I'm gonna kill uh, this guy. I'm gonna, I'm gonna kill this blacksmith." 
Um, Marty had already dove on the ground to avoid bullets. He had knocked the uh, door off of the uh, uh, oven. Uh, so he gets a plan, a call back to Back to the Future 2, of course, when Biff was watching the Clint Eastwood movie where Clint also had a piece of metal bulletproof vest on. That's awesome. He, he finally goes out there. He's like, hey, all right, you know, let Doc go. They let Doc go. They push him off to the side. He's like, all right, time to fight. He's like, no, it's not. I don't. I won't fight you. He drops his belt. He's like, you know, I thought we could settle this like men. And Mad Dog's like, you thought wrong. And just fucking blows him one one in the chest, pa, right there. Drops him. And, he, and then he does this hilarious. I like, love it. I love the way he walked. He's like <laughs> so fucking good. So fucking good as he at, walks at, down. At this point, I'm like, I, I had switched to headphones because some kids outside are like yelling and they were being annoying. And it's Wait, it was so funny hearing the ADR like. Eh. I thank you. <laughs> it's so it's so uncharacter for yeah. one of the tanners to just be like, hey, I tricked them. So he walks down there. He gets over Marty, and turns out Marty's not dead. And Marty kicks the gun out of his hand, then grabs the then grabs the thing and hits him in the face with it, showing it was bulletproof. Punches him. He punches him around the town for a little bit before I guess then hitting him with the thing, knocking him down. He goes through the tombstone that was going to be Doc's tombstone. We left out the whole thing of looking at the photograph, and the photograph keeps changing. It erases Doc's name, then it puts in Eastwood's. Name. And like we talked about it earlier, of course, that that was why he couldn't go out there and actually shoot and shoot him. He had to come up with something better. I love that it was ambiguous for a little while. It was just blank, and it was like, who knows who's gonna be on here? Or Man, it's Kevin just like broke our... up all of that. No, none of that made sense. <laughs> but it was funny, and we like you. Okay. <laughs> uh, uh, so then, yeah, okay, that's done. Biff's down. Oh yeah, or uh, what? I'm sorry, Mad Dog, uh, Buford, Mad Dog, Tan is down. Um, it goes well, into the manure, right? That's the, oh, right, that's the final punch puts that. him in the manure, face down in the manure. Uh, the U.S. Marshals show up. They're like, everybody else, I think Buford's going to jail. Yeah, and the bad guys run. Uh, Marshals ride up. They're like, oh, get him out of that and take him in. Go catch them. They pull him out. They're like, Buford Tannen, you're under arrest for robbing whatever stagecoach or whatever the fuck it was from Sunday. Do you have anything to say? And he spits out a bunch of manure and he goes, I hate manure. <laughs> No, that was the end of so that. Gross. <laughs> uh, Marty then hands his gun gun belt to uh, Seamus and is like, here you go. You know, it's worth at least $12. He's like, maybe I'll trade it for a new hat, don't you know? And they're like, all right, cool. Like, motherfucker, is- it, that's like 20 new hats right there. Exactly, exactly, exactly. You like, Irish right, don't cool. know how money works in America. Well, <laughs> that's how it goes. Uh, okay, cool. Uh, we don't know. Or no, is we got a train to catch. So uh, Marty and Doc run off there. I left off that uh, at the same time all this other plane of action was happening. Uh, Clara had gotten on her train to leave town. She was like so heartbroken over Doc being a, a, a bitch that he, she was like, I'm just going to fucking go and never come back. And so she's on the train and as fate and destiny would have it, uh, the traveling salesman from before is sitting in front of her and he's doing the whole thing. I'm like, I said it before and I've never seen a man so heartbroken before. What did they call her name? Sarah Rara Block? <laughs> and the other guy next was like, Clara. And she's like, whoa, did he have puppy dog eyes? Did he have this fucking hideous white hair <laughs> you're either describing a fucking dementor or doc brown <laughs> so she jumps up hits the thing the train stops which helps marty and doc i'm sure in their timeline uh she gets out and she just takes off running she gets a horse she ran to the uh, uh uh blacksmith shop she found the time machine the diorama or whatever and she put it together and she, it and she knows it's a time machine because they he for some reason <laughs> the two of them decided we didn't know which just what the shape was let's yeah. write a time machine on it just so, so we, we don't know. forget, yeah. So we don't forget that the thing looks exactly like a DeLorean. The car we have right there. Yeah. Um, so she's like, fuck. So she takes off riding. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Marty and Doc are over there, and they put on their bandanas. They they get on the back of this train. They climb across the top of the train. They get down there, and they're like, this is a – you're, they st- they jump in. And they, What's going on? And, they, and he's like, are we being robbed or something? He's like, it's a science experiment. 
train stops, they get rid of all the carts and all the people and all the stuff, except for all the wood, which I really don't think they need. In, but maybe they can't get rid of that. I'm not a train expert. And they got the train engine. They ride that motherfucker over and they switch the track and they get it there and they set it up to the DeLorean and like, all right, time to fucking go. We got to do this thing. Uh, they start the train up. Clara's riding up behind them. Uh, behind them. Marty's in the DeLorean. Doc's in the uh, actual train. He's got the logs. He's got to toss in there. I thought he would. I thought in my head, I remember him tossing them in one at a time. He just tosses them all in at once. No, throws them all in. Me too. They're set the weird. fucking blowout. They, he understands fire better than me. Um, and I believe it. He tosses them in. Clara gets there. She gets her hand on the back of the train car, uh, the wood pile. She grabs it, that thing. Uh, just as she grabs it and starts to pull herself up, the first one blows, giving them a huge jolt. She kicks up like she's fucking getting dragged by Superman through the air. It's pretty cool. Um, and then this scene goes on too long, right, Tim? Uh, but they're, they're, she's working her way forward. She's young. There is a part of me, Grant, like I, I do kind of feel like Marty in this spot where I was like, fuck, why is she here? She's ruining this. Like, Also, you're going to like complicate the situation. <laughs> right, right, right. Doc, there's other fish in the sea. <laughs> or just yeah. get to the so all the time machine and come back and get her. That's all you got to do. thing blows. She, she gets knocked back a little bit again. She's like, ooh. Uh, Doc's ooh. Like, it's, you know, Doc climbs out. He fucking just turtle crawls across this fucking uh, steam engine to get up closer and he's like i'm coming they got the walkie talkies they're working with uh she finally gets to the cabin of the steam engine doc's barely made it a fucking foot because he sucks uh wait where's his walkie talkie it's it's it's, don't ask questions don't ask questions because like marty keeps talking to walkie talkie and doc's like holding on to the train oh yeah it's probably in his his, like on his chest there's a very interesting cut where he's like clearly like ah and the next one he's like yeah i got him already (laughs) doesn't matter uh so as doc's about to make his move to the delorean the train whistle blows he's like wait what the fuck looks back sees clara tells marty it's clara all right it's great it's clara doc goes back to get her she comes starts coming she falls she gets caught her dress gets caught and that's what's keeping her alive basically the panic ensues of how we're going to get her uh number four or that that's what happened is the third log blew getting them you know up to their ramming speed here of 88 the red one. her oh, hair gets past the point of no return the wheels exactly spins in, pulls her head in fucking <laughs> well, the, the boiler explodes they have shrapnel in, inside of them <laughs> probably through the fucking delorean too uh it's point of no return. We're past it. Something's got to give. Marty figures out the hoverboard, raises Doc hoverboard, lets the hoverboard go. Doc, with his cat-like reflexes, is able to put his foot right into it. Perfect. Great movie. Whatever. Right about the same time, he turns. Clara falls. He grabs her. He whisks her up, and it's this really weird thing of her them going to happiness, but in really awkwardly uh, done. It's, it's whatever. Real, real bad. Like it looks bad. Yeah. Marty notices what time it is. He slams the door shut. He's got all those time circuits and everything activated to go back to 1985. They're going towards the uh, dead end thing that'll be completed in the next year. They, uh, boom, it's, uh, you know, uh, the fire trail through for the DeLorean. Then, as Doc said, the DeLorean's safe, but the it's a spectacular explosion for the steam engine that careens off down into what used to be Clayton Ravine, which was whatever I can never remember when it was uh, for Eastwood them. Ravine now. And now become, well, now becomes Eastwood Ravine. Oh, right. Uh, signifying that Clint Eastwood uh, died there, of course. So they knew that he, yes, did this. They did not know, I guess, that Emmett did, or maybe they didn't. They didn't care. Um, jump back to nineteen. They were like, we're going to put you in jail. And he goes, I give you the ice Berg. Totally. <laughs> exactly. Like, wow. Clap, 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 clap. You uh, could have just stopped at ice. I said, yeah, I know. I could have just said ice. I want to say ice cube, but I said Berg instead, <laughs> which is a much bigger <laughs> volume of ice. It's so much bigger, Nick. It's really yeah. big. 
the car rolls through across a, a bridge here in California, across a, a Eastwood Ravine, uh, rolls on through into subdivision Hilldale, which is, uh, you know, where Marty and Jennifer will live later on. What a fucking joy this movie is. Right. Uh, all also, these I, just are- lo- I just love seeing the 80s, like the cars and actually the 80s, because now the only time you see that is when people like make a period piece. But actually, when you see like those old like Oldsmobiles and stuff like that, doesn't it give you a tinge of nostalgia? Sure. Totally. For a worse time. Uh, anyways, uh, they, they roll through. They're all staring at him, but Marty's able to get just far enough away. And he's like, oh, man, we did it. And he gets up. But then before he even has a chance to take his, a breath, right? A uh, train comes barreling down at him, as you'd expect. Marty's able to jump out the last second. The DeLorean is pulverized, which, of course, is what Doc wanted to happen. Anyway, by the way, we left that out. It's fantastic. Doc wanted it destroyed when he got back anyway. So Marty gets up. He's like, I guess what you got what you wanted, Doc. And there's like fucking smoldering pieces and the license plate and the flux capacitor. And everything's just fucked to hell. And even his photo's ruined. He's like, I'm fucking mad. And so uh, what he does from there is goes uh, back to super dangerous. Home. I just want to add to have a car crushed by a train. Train will easily oh, yeah, totally. be derailed. But again, it's the DeLorean, right? I mean, it just falls apart. Just falls apart. That's it's, true. He just rips yeah. through it. Right. The, old, also, the old 1955 like vehicle could have ripped through it as well. There's some part of me that's also like, you got to go at least get some of the future tech off that rail. Totally. Road. Because if but someone yeah, finds this flux capacitator, yeah. whether they like what the, the cool license plate from the future, do something. something. Yeah. New tracks here. Instead, he goes home. Uh, the family comes back out. It's the brother, the sister, uh, Lorraine, and then in the way back, George McFly. Uh, Biff's there as well. He was getting the second paint of uh, Coda wax in the fucking truck. Thought you guys were already at the lake. What's going on? There's confusion about brunch. But no, he's here. He's dressed like a cowboy. Everybody's like fine about it. Whatever. Marty <laughs> takes the truck, uh, runs over to uh, uh, Jennifer's. Wakes her up on her porch as we were talking about. She had been left, obviously, during Back to the Future 2 in the bad dimension. But now everything's back to normal. Um, he wakes her up dressed like a cowboy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and she's like, I had the craziest dream. And he's like, you were definitely dreaming. And she's like, you're, you're totally dressed like dreaming. a fucking cowboy. I'm dressed like a cowboy. <laughs> I was probably. not dreaming. Yeah, it probably has some disease on these clothes that nobody knows about anymore. But um, she also had that piece of paper, right? Is how she knows. She's we like, don't know that yet. We don't know that yet. So she, she, he's able to be like, oh, yeah, that's a weird fucking dream. All right, let's go in my car. So they get in the car and they start the truck and they drive away. And then they pass the front entrance to Hilldale where they will. Oh, right. He's like, this is where we're going to live one day. I mean, where, uh, where we should. And she's like, what the fuck? That was an unforced air cowboy, man. <laughs> Why would you blurt that out right now? <laughs> he's like, oh, uh, well, you know, and she's like, it was a dream, right, Marty? And he's a bull- and at the same time, Needle shows up. And this is what you're talking about earlier with all the, uh, you know, the uh, Avengers of Biff Goons, Goons through time. time. Also playing the Huey Lewis song. I appreciate that. Yeah. He's like, hey, McFly, I'm Flea from the Red Hot Chili Peppers. So fucking Let's awesome. fucking race. Kills he's like, all right, fuck. And he's like, no, I don't want it. And he's like, what are you, chicken? And he's like, well, I'll fucking show you. He's like, goddamn chicken. Pulls out the gun. <laughs> Bam. Probably. Yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> now, instead, Good he's like, yeah. That bullet. It's from 100 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> he revs the engine. And everybody's like, oh, man, it's going to fucking happen. And so then uh, Needles takes off. And instead of just not going anywhere, no. <laughs> Marty puts it in reverse and goes Why? backwards. Could have easily run over somebody or slammed into somebody, yeah. but he doesn't. Uh, then he pulls a really dramatic fucking... Uh, 180 so like elizabeth she was like fucking thrown around the cab all crazy because he doesn't want because he doesn't want to be the only person with brain damage when as we go forward <laughs> he wants her fucking ping-ponging off all the windows i mean something's clearly wrong with her anyways man this this woman anytime something crazy happens she's just like oh neato it's like out of all people in this franchise she has the most insane experiences she within like five minutes yeah and she also, just, reading those stats, she's younger than she's supposed to be. 
I I love Elizabeth Shue, and I think she's a great actor, and I just think she did not do a very good job in this. And I blame they didn't the give her much to work with. They didn't give her anything to work with, and I'm pretty sure she probably only shot on both movies for a total of like five days. Totally, because she's not in much of this. No. So you have to imagine she's like contextually, I have no fucking idea what's going on. But also, <laughs> I think true. Also, I think if she is supposed to react and have this sort of like this gigantic sort of what, what are you talking about? What's like? I think that takes away the focus of the movie at that point. Like, then just don't yeah, have I mean, her. Then it's distracting to have her in and just be like, "Oh, that's okay." Time machines. I was in the fucking future, and you're a cowboy now. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, uh, he spins at 180. They look out, or maybe I think he just might have done a whatever. Doesn't matter. He did a 180. They look out the back window. Needles is still just driving like a moron, and a Rolls Royce pulls out. That needles narrowly misses. But if Marty and Jennifer had accelerated, they in fact would have slammed into it, and it would have been the accident with the Rolls Royce from Back to the Future Two that. Marty's mom was so happy to tell uh, um, what's her name, Mary Lou McFly, <laughs> Marlene. Marlene McFly, all about, and they and that's the realization of like that would have done it, and that's when Jennifer reaches in, pulls out the facts from the future that says right. you're fired, and then it slowly fades away. At this point, Marty's like, fuck, you know what? I'm done lying to you, woman I supposedly love and trust. Let's go to where the fucking DeLorean's destroyed. And so walk up there, it really is destroyed. It's all fucked up. This sucks, man. Yeah, and I'll never see Doc again. And then the ding, 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 ding. Things come down for a train coming. And they all look around. There's no fucking train. What's going on? (laughs) Fucking there it is. It's a time train. It's fucking, and it rolls on in. It's big, and it's black, and it's purple. You know what I mean? This thing's there to fucking. Veiny. (laughs) And the fucking side opens up, and it's dog. Like, you know what I mean? It's me. And so Claire is there, and she's like, "Oh, what's up?" And I want to introduce you to my kids. It's uh, Jules and Vern. They have the two kids there. I tell you what, Vern looks like a psychopath. I never noticed yeah, that kid. Deal? I don't know the finger thing, right? Yeah, he's the one who points his penis in this episode. Why did he do that? Which it's been theorized that he's actually trying to tell people that he has to pee. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because you're shoes, not aware of what we're talking about. We're not there in the storyline, but when they do do a punch in, and Doc does the whole like future's whatever you want it to be, make it a good one. Uh, you can see the youngest boy there, Vern, uh, do a motion with his hand for, and the camera starts coming in, and he points at his penis really uh, uh, creepily. <laughs> but it is that, yeah. We think it was just a kid who had to pee. Um, anyways, though, uh, Mima, they start, they're getting, <laughs> Mima, help me, beep, beep. Uh, they're talking about it. Uh, Clara gives Marty or Doc a package to give to Marty. He opens up. It is uh, your friend in time, Doc Brown, and it's the photo of them in front of the clock. Uh, the tr- time machine runs on steam now. Uh, they're just ping ponging around the timelines. Um, uh, Jennifer's like this got erased. And Doc, she says Doctor Brown, I believe. Like she's Elizabeth. She's never even seen the first fucking movie. <laughs> Doctor Emmett Brown. Um, this got erased. Why? And he's like, oh, of course it did. They, you know, nobody's future set in stone. Uh, so make it a good one. I fucked that up, but that's it's a good line. I really do appreciate. It. And I think it is a very touching ending to it. Um, and that's the thing. And then so like now it's all right. Cool. You're gonna stick around. You're gonna go to the future. He's like, no, I've already been there. It's like, wait a second. Where the fuck are you going, Doc? Yeah. Already been there. So we're going back to the past. Where the, where the fuck do you guys live? What about the space time continuum? You're not thinking fifth dimensionally. Greg. I'm not thinking fourth Dude, dimensionally. They're traveling back and forth through all of time. It's, That's great. That won't know, end badly for everybody. What a cool vacation. This fucking thing they have this awesome, I'm assuming, undestructible flying train. Like they're, totally. They're fine. Mm-hmm. They're going to you know, launch in space and be fine. The rest of us, we're going to have a fucking lizard people being the president. You know what I mean? That's what we're going to end up with thanks to their fucking fuckery. Anyways, they go up. The thing turns around, spins, shoots off. 
so the fucking end. good. The really, end really, really pops well in. It's just like, dude, what a trilogy. How did they just did it? They're like, the you know what? We're making some dope ass freaking movies. What an accomplishment. What an accomplishment. All right, let's do haiku and review. Seven syllables in the middle. You need five for the first and last line. If you're not poetic, no need to fret it. Haiku need rhyme. Haiku in review. Haiku in review. It's so awesome. You can go to patreon.com slash kind of funny for your haiku reviews, uh, just like Jacob Solo did. In the wild, wild west, Marty gets hung by Mad Dog, and Doc makes some ice. <laughs> that's, that's a good summary. Uh, Daniel Edmund says, Doc, stuck in the past, wild west, such a contrast, franchise, unsurpassed. Whoa. That's good. That's, that's good. real good. Um, Alex says, part three's the best, Clint. Eastwood's the biggest yellow. Belly in the West. Uh, you're, you're playing fast and loose with this haiku do, rules. Yeah, right they're doing like the hip hop thing where you like you start one line in the first verse and you continue. You know what I mean? You're fired. Everyone's fired. Ignacio Ross says best trilogy ever. Hill Valley's Gene Pool makes no sense. What's up with Doc's kid? Ignacio Ross also says it's come full circle. Marty married to his mom. This series is weird. <laughs> it's very strange. Blackjack says Doc's heart not so cold. Clara, a sight to behold. The future oh. is untold. Oh, that's great. Wow. Blackjack is a poet, dude. Yeah, man. Didn't even know it. Um, John Lestrina says the worst of the three is still a five-star rating. We drink whiskey here. And um, boom. There it is. Ragu baggy, baby. Ragu. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Rad Guys Talk Bad Guys, the podcast within a podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Greg, alongside Andy, Kevin, Tim, and Nick. Of course, this is where we rank all the villains of the Back to the Future cinematic universe and rank them for your approval. If you like that, you can go over to at Ragu Bagu Vids on Twitter. Sometimes Andy tweets about it. You know what I mean? Currently, in volume eight of Ragu Bagu, the list stands at this. Number one, Biff Griff, old Biff and Trump Biff from Back to the Future 2. <laughs> Number two, Biff and Billy from Back to the Future. Guys, where do we want to put Buford, Mad Dog, Tannen? Number two. No, I, yeah, I'm number two. two. I think number yeah. one with a bullet. I, I enjoy every moment of him. You know what I mean? But he's I think, not, but he's, but, he's not sorry, as bad or as like... But he's enjoyable. And it's a movie. No, that's like, true. Are we ranking yeah, the I'm bad saying... guys in terms of their badness or are we ranking the bad guys in terms of their funness? They're all they're yeah. these We've are all tradable things. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I would say number two. I would say number two just because the original Biff Tannen is like iconic. That's not you even know, and he, one, and that's right? that's fine, but that right now Biff Tannen is Oh Biff from <laughs> Oh, then I'm sorry, I apologize. I'll put I'll put Mad Dog at number one then. Thank you. I just you think he's what? the funnest. He's the most interesting. I didn't like I like I know that Griff is interesting and a great performance. I just don't like Griff. I'm just gonna say it. You know I'll put him in number one. But as remember, well. yeah. that also included Biff from the future, where he is Donald Trump. Yeah, because you know why I put him at number one. I just appreciate that uh, the actor. We always forget his name. Thomas F. Wilson. Thomas F. Wilson does a great job of just becoming a Western villain, and yeah. it's so seamless. I think it's a great performance. That's Nick, true. But Nick, your beard is getting insane. He did a great job of being like four people. That's true. Biff, That's true. Griff, old Biff and Trump Biff. Uh, but I didn't love futuristic Biff. Yeah. Too close like, to what's happening now. Griff or whatever. 
politics. Well, that was awesome. <laughs> All right, so then I'm voting number one. Andy's voting number one. Nick's voting I'll number, vote one. number one. Sure, why there not? There you go. The new the final rankings for Back to the Future Cinematic Universe are number one, Mad Dog from Back to the Future Three, uh, Biff Griff, Old Biff, and Trump Biff from Back to the Future Two, and Biff and Billy from Back to the Future. Good old Biff and Billy. Now it's time to rank the Back to the Future Cinematic Universe. Currently, number one, we have Back to the Future One, and number two, we have Back to the Future Two. I definitely think this is number three. Someone's at front door. Um, Tim, someone's at your front door. Yeah, yeah, I got some Senora's Pizza coming, guys. Oh, Uh, but yeah, no, I I feel like this movie is great. Like, it's super enjoyable. It's way, way better than I I remember giving it credit for. Like, I feel like growing up, I'd always give it a seven, which is still good. But I feel like now I'm like, I give it at least an eight. Um, but I just think that it's safe. It plays it too safe. It nails the landing, but it it's there's nothing about this that is like ridiculously cool or interesting. And I feel like a lot of it is derivative and it's satisfying. This is a very satisfying movie. A lot of payoffs and all those payoffs make you feel good. And you're like, oh man, you feel nostalgic, which is great. Like they they just totally nailed the vibe of it all. But it's like, I just feel like it, it's missing the back to the future elements of the shenanigans and the craziness of the time travel. And I think the two does that so well towards the end of the movie, like two thirds of the movie. Mm. It And the first third is necessary to set that stuff up. And it going back to one, I just feel like the way it all ties together, I feel like two is superior to three. All three together, though, this might be the best trilogy of all time. I mean, I shocked myself, uh, like I said earlier, but like I, I put it at number two, Back to the Future 3 at number two. And I think it is just that fact that I think Back to the Future 2 well great and like imagine the future the future stuff just doesn't work and what we're talking about last time around right where it's cool and it's definitely in there for kids and i i loved it then and i love it now in terms of what it is and like this fun you know satirical look at what the 2015 would look like from the 80s or whatever but i think that it takes too long to get cooking to being a back to the future movie back to the future too whereas this one from the start is now granted it's different it's again literally the argument about uncharted when you talk about it of like this pivoting to doc and making it about him and his love interest and all these different things is a change, but it, I appreciated it. watching them all back to back to back here and getting into it. I liked that change. I thought that it did have cool moments. I thought there was tension there. I think, you know, the final scene with the locomotives uh, or not the final scene, but the final action scene with the locomotive uh, drags on a bit, but I enjoyed, like we were talking about earlier, Nick, of you know, the new look of the DeLorean and how you know it cool it was to send it back in time uh, to 1885. Uh, I like the Mad Dog. I like Mad Dog. I think the most uh, obviously is we just voted for the bad guys. I think it, it yes it does. It's a it, Back to the Future two. I think is too complicated. There's too much going on. Whereas I think this one is simplified and does play it safe. But I like that and I think it's an appropriate way to end the trilogy. Uh, for me, I was going to say like it piggyback off of what you're saying at the end here. It's like, to me. I, I love all these movies, and three just is a little bit too childish, where it all seems very gimmicky and kind of, uh, I love in two that it creates these complex things that you kind of think about, and, you know, that bleeds over into three a little bit, not not as much, uh, but, like, I think that, that that all happens because two sets all these rules that you're kind of, like, now playing with, Um still yeah. surprisingly good movies yeah i mean we're, we're splitting hairs here a little bit too because they're all they're all great movies and again this is one of the great the best probably the best trilogy of movies ever made um i just i was actually surprised i'm with greg on this one where i watched three and i was like i really really think this is a, a well-made movie 
It never drags, save for maybe a couple seconds at the end there. But I remember watching it when I was younger, thinking like, well, this is a lot of tension. I don't know how they're going to get out of this situation until Marty remembers he's got, he's got the hoverboard. Um, I think it's just, I think when I think back to the future, I think the movie has to be one thing, and that's entertaining. And three is 100% mm-hmm. entertaining all the way through. Two just drags for the first 45 minutes. And while I do give out extra points for what Kevin's saying, which is introducing the concept of like the parallel timelines and paradoxes and all this stuff and really kind of getting a little bit more deep in the sci-fi, I think three brings it back to where it should be which is what the first one which is what we love so much in the first one which is that it is just lean everything in there is in there for a reason it's a good contained story with us with a sharp structure and by the end we feel very 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 satisfied and that's so it's so difficult to do especially for a third act right you think of another third act like return of the jedi where it just kind of feels like a, a lesser version of the original star wars and in this one it's like they've you're right they've set up so much in the second one that it feels like you're paying off a lot of it in the third one. But unfortunately, that doesn't make the second one more entertaining. It just makes it more important. So I guess yeah, see, three I don't, above it. It, like, it's interesting you say that because I feel like two and three are a huge step down from one. Like, especially watching them now all together. Like, one is a perfect movie. Two and three are just really damn good movies. And it makes a really damn good trilogy. But I think that there is a, a gap that is gigantic between the quality specifically of one and three if you're just looking at it as standalone simple stories that make sense one is so much more compelling and so much more interesting and there's it, it's exciting and there's like cool stuff whereas i feel like with this one it's like it just got the job done yeah mm. i um i i kind of agree with greg and tim where i or uh greg and nick where i think going into this movie i had always been sort of led to believe that part three wasn't very good uh and they got worse and worse as they went on i remember jared petty saying that he liked three more than two and greg would shit on him and make fun of him for that well, i was like shit on jared petty. yeah yeah of course, of course. <laughs> um but yeah watching this i i do think it's it's a a cleaner better told story than part two i think it's overall a little bit less confusing and you're always kind of made aware and made clear about what what's happening in the timeline and what the actual motivation and uh i guess what i guess what they're trying to get to and and how they're trying to solve these these problems um i love i love everything western about it in terms of the 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 more gimmicky parts you know here's what happened in part one but here's the western version of that i appreciated that more as opposed to here's the sci-fi version of what we did in part one um and again, yeah, totally agree with Nick where part two just feels like a drag for the first 40, 45 minutes. And and during that part, I never thought I, I kind of thought this movie isn't very good until it turned around. And we get back to the sort of disgusting, slummy parts of, of the 80s where the whole timeline had screwed up. I think this movie is just more enjoyable and I think it's a little bit better told. All right. Time to vote. Who thinks that uh, Back to the Future 3 is better than 2? Raise your hand. Everyone except for me and Kev raise our hand. That means that the new rankings are um, number one, Back to the Future 1. Number two, Back to the Future 3. And number three, Back to the Future 2. I respect that you didn't even waste people's time with pointing up against Back to the Future 1. <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah. That's yeah. Okay. We all know. Does yeah. anybody vote that it's no, over? Fuck no, fuck no. A perfect yeah, movie, remember. guys. A perfect movie. Um, so here's the deal, guys. Like, I'm going to announce all the new in-review plans for the next Ooh. All of this. What's up? What? I just said, yeah, boy. Oh, oh I heard. I said, wait. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, anyways, uh, this is all tentative. Any like things can change, schedules can whatever the hell. You know, life's weird right now. But the plan, and I'm feeling pretty good about it based on the people I've talked to. 
Um, we are going to continue Transformers in review on Fridays. Thank um, God. Start. I know. Thank God. Starting next week on Tuesdays, we are going to be doing Kevin Smith's View Ask Universe in <laughs> review. Hey, Greg, Greg Miller wanted to do it. When Greg Miller wants something, baby, we got to make it. Happen. I get it. Unless happen. it's Ghostbusters or um, <laughs> <laughs> So uh, we're going to be doing that, and that's super fun. But there's something more exciting about that because it works out perfectly. And God, I love when this shit works out perfectly. Transformers is going to end while the Kevin Smith movies are still going. So by the time we're getting around Clerks 2, it has to face up against something else, another franchise. What could what could it, what could it possibly be? The best trilogy of all what, time. What is the big debate right now? I mean, the real big debate. Everyone wants to talk about Andy. There's is, what's is, better movies? Just so you Clerks? know, it's not a trilogy. Is Clerks no, no. better than Lord of the Rings, Tim? That's yeah, that's what the world man. needs to know. <laughs> so. Eventually, when Transformers ends, we will be switching over to Lord of the Rings. We're finally doing it. Um, Elise Willems will be joining us for for Lord of the Rings in review, and Andrew Renee will be sending in segments uh, similar to like what Makuka's done for um, Bad Boys and stuff like that. So, man, we're getting the whole gang together. This is going to be a lot of fun. We're doing it. We're going all out, boys. Can't oh, wait. I'm very excited for this. Um, so, yeah. Until then. Great. Ah, shit. Great God, Scott. You fucking figure this out, Andy. Great Scott. I got nothing for this, man. That's heavy, Doc. 